millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. We may not be able to get in on the hurling action like we're used to, but we can get in on some exclusive offers from Renault. To celebrate their third year as official car partner of the GAA, Renault is offering a range of special offers exclusive to all GAA club members. So now you can take home the win right to your door. Check out Renault.ie slash GAA to find out more. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. A grain of rice, a grain of rice, if I just tip the scale, just remember that then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer a whipping bite of monster. Morning, lads. How are you? Great yeah. form, Dillo. Eric, how are you? <laughs> no better. No better. TJ, you were, you were like a man that went straight to the Galti Inn or something like that below around <laughs> your country, and, and uh, you have the straw hat and all there, have you? I have the straw hat and all there. It's just first warm today, like that. Yeah, warm yesterday. But today, <laughs> today, today is even better. Heading, heading for 30 degrees. Do you remember when you beat us in the Munster final in 94 and the famous fellow went out in the field, I think they was calling him Owensy or something today, and he said, Limerick went down today, they got the job done, you can't go down to the shop and get your groceries. Did you ever see that clip, no? <laughs> no. We'll, we'll get Rafe to find out. He's out in the middle of the field. You know, you can't go down to the shop and get what you need and you haven't enough money. Limerick came in, did the business today. It's a famous one. Big cheer behind him after you hammered us. Congrats anyway, kid. Congrats. Yeah, very good. <clears throat> I was just saying to the boys there, like just one for the ages, one that we'll be talking about for a long number of years, 10 points down, obviously. If you go down in history now and one that people talk about for a long time, I wasn't that optimistic at halftime, Delo. I wouldn't say that straight up. Uh, we weren't playing well. Tips seemed to have a hole in the game beautifully. They were just tactically getting everything right. And the general feeling from us Limerick supporters, I had the privilege of sitting in the stand in the company of the great Richie Bennis yesterday. So uh, great entertainment for, 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 for the game. And the general feeling among us was that you know, the, first, the third quarter, Dale, if we could maybe get it back to four or possibly five heading down the stretch, we would have been giving ourselves a chance. But I don't think mm. Nostradamus could have said what was going to happen in that third quarter, could he? Yeah. Oh. And just before I go on, just for all my tip 
buddies I'm even drinking the Tipperary walk <laughs> of the small lads Jim McGrath are listening <laughs> but yes, I don't I don't ever remember seeing anything like it Derek I I so for the old column this morning I went back to a rugby match way back and we don't mention rugby in this show obviously Leinster dead and buried against Northampton and I'd say dead and buried but like you could, could like the boys sure came back and drew in 96 10 points down <clears throat> TJ and Co and a drop but like to come back and would have won by eight points save for Mark Hughes, go no I'm not saying look at every goal as a goal do you know but like I I kind of said to Des Cahill at one stage sitting beside us watching it above I said Desi they're going to bait him 10 not alone were they down 10 at half time they're going to bait him 10 I never saw a turnaround like it in such by the water break the match was over like yeah look all about, I think look Kylie Kylie sums it up afterwards I think he said first of all they asked him to engage physically more, you know, and you could see that the tempo is naturally up. And then look, a combination of everything that's good about Limerick, you know, power, pace, skill, work ethic, all on display in one quarter. Like uh, I think he talked about, I think in his five, four or five years of all, he said it's the best quarter they've ever, they've ever had of Hurling and hard to disagree with that. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Obviously, they'd rung in a couple of changes in force, I suppose, in, in Richie English's case. We hope he's okay. We wish him the best of luck. Um, hopefully, I didn't see any big ice packs on or anything, so hopefully it's nothing with the knee anyway. I don't know, TJ, you might know more about that. But obviously, I felt a bit sorry, you know, after the match for Graham Kahi because to, there was a general malaise all over the field. And of course, as you know, TJ, from your days playing there, the old Conor forward gets removed. Like, But he wasn't in it, to be fair. I suppose Shamey had shown a for a couple of balls, a couple of points scored, and Peter Casey maybe half a chance of a goal and took the point. But like the two subs definitely had a settling effect as soon as they came in. They did. There's no doubt. I think in this team that Gillan gives more of a presence inside and it's that threat. And I suppose maybe what he's done over the last couple of years, he just brings that. Whereas Graham is a different type of player. But like you said there, you'd have to feel sorry for it because it was like polar opposites in terms of performance and in terms of ball going in. Um, the first half, though, I was saying, tactically, you, you, I nearly need to stop it there. Like maybe if I could have froze the play after ten minutes and after fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, trying to figure out what both sides were doing because it was that intense around that middle. Like and you were there, like, and I was there. I was sitting in the middle of the field in the north stand. I had really, really good tickets, and my my, my contact is really looking after me now. I can't, I can't spill the beans, but it's really, really good there. Like, really good. Yeah, we're um, Rich, Richie Bennis and yourself, huh? My seven, Rich, my, seven, my seven Richie, yeah. But um, what Tip were doing in the first half, they really, really worked. There was a breeze. Like Tip did play with a breeze. And what was it worth? It was probably worth maybe 10, 15 yards in Barry's puck out. And if you look at his puck outs in the first half, they were practically reaching the 21-yard line. <clears> they were getting past that Limerick half-back line. And they were getting a few breaks off him. And let's say, like, I don't know, maybe 1-3, one, 1-4 one, came off that puck out straight down the heart. Ooh, and it was working ooh. for them. Like, two goals, did you? Two goals, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, tip set up. Like, they had a man-for-man plan. Like, Brendan was detailed to Mark Keane when he was in that centre-forward position. They had Dan McCormick in the middle of the field. He was going back, picking up Keane then as much as he could once Keane came out. And that was a lot after a while because Limerick couldn't get their hands on the ball. And then if you saw three or four times when the Limerick half-backs and the backs coming out had the ball, they had to take that half a second or that extra little touch because they were able to get their head up. Tip seemed to have the space killed. It was working beautifully for them. And they were rolling ball through Jason Ford, who was positioned in between centre-forward. And then he was jumping to midfield when Dan picked up Keane, right? So they had that everything 
really, really well worked out. And I was saying to the lads, it wasn't, neither team was playing a sweeper system. Both teams were playing with at least two up top, right? whether it was Canlan and, and said Bubbles, Jake Morris kind of drifted in and out. Limerick were trying to play with maybe Peter Casey and Shemmy Flanagan and Graham was probably in and out. So it's, it's kind of a new hybrid model where a midfielder picks up that centre forward, then the opposite centre forward kind of jumps into midfield. Both teams were kind of doing the same thing. And it really ran for tip in the first half. They're used to the ball, they're ball to hand and they're scoring. And I'd say, listen, I haven't watched the game back in full, right? But my mind tells me right now is it probably could even have been more than 10 at halftime. Like they missed one or two half chances. Bubbles had a couple of wides. A tip registered nine, nine wides in the first half. And like at halftime, like, like we were reaching for positives that were just weren't there. We were looking for anything at all. I kind of said, need a good start to the second half. So you'd have to say that tactically, the way they used the ball, the way they set up, the puck out, in that first half, I would say it was probably as near to the preparation perfect for tip as you could get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And kind of, we were all kind of saying above, kind of Eamon O'Shea written all over this, coming up with something new the whole time. And that is the fascinating thing about the, the centre-forwards coming deep, but not really being picked up by the other centre-forward and midfielder and leading to confusion and leading maybe for one team to get a bit more space. And we were saying, who the hell is on Ford? I was saying, why doesn't he bring Barry Nash out on Ford? Maybe, you know, let Kyle sit a little bit deeper and let Declan Hennon... Because Ford was just doing wreck. And as you said, Bubbles, like... Bu Bubbles, I think, had three wides in the first half. He certainly had two. Maybe three, like... And he'd have been a contender for men of the match for the first half. Ford was the man of the match for the first half. So, Mark, where, like, I know Limerick turned it around, but for tip... You'd have to say there was an element of... Was it 217 to 1-5 as the second half? No matter how yeah. well Limerick did, there has yeah. to be an element of collapse as well. Yeah. Do you know, I think the psychology of the game is very important here, Anthony. And I think looking at, at uh, Liam Sheedy at halftime, like he was like a man possessed going in at halftime. And I thought that Kylie and Kinnert, you know, kind of more or less cruised in at halftime, you know, very much... I suppose, on the back foot, but I, I would say steady as well at the same time, like, you know. And and even for Henry to say at halftime that he felt the tip were going to go on and win easy, I think there was potentially a, a possibility that the tip felt at halftime that the job was done. We're, we're hauling out of our skins, you know. We're going to show Limerick who the real team around Munster are. Um, we're back to our best. And I think psychologically, I think tip thought they had the job done at halftime. Um... But does anyone think I know Henry did say it and I was watching him? Does anyone really think now? I mean, like you'll think back to Clare nine points down twice against Galway, bring it back. Mm. No, that or couldn't come back to our own level. No, I wouldn't have expected yeah. the takeover yeah. that we saw. But would you I I'd have my doubts like yeah. I, yeah, I, I think Anthony one, when one. you okay, but but when you have a squad maybe of fifteen players out there on the field and you have four or five selectors. There must be one or two or three fellas saying in their own head going in half time, Jesus, we're in a great position here. This job is done. There's no way we're going to give up a 10-point lead. We've often been in those situations. I, I, I remember playing against Klein years ago. We were 11 points up at half time, and it was a huge game for the club. And I said to myself, there's no way we can get beaten from here. Like, and we did. We got beaten by a point in the end. And once your foot comes off the pedal, Dale, as you know, it's very hard to get it back on. And then you throw in the couple of exceptional goals, I think, that Limerick got. 
they were real. And even though there was only seven, three and a half thousand Limerick supporters there, it felt like there was 20,000 supporters there, particularly when the Kyle Hayes goal went in. And I think, I think the body language of all the Tipperary players when the Kyle Hayes goal went in, just they sunk. Um, and like to come from inside his own 65-yard line, I remember going back to see Wexford and Kilkenny years ago. I see a player bouncing the ball off the ground and bringing it back into the hall. But Kyle Hayes did it twice in that 60, 70 metre run yesterday. And to strike the ball and to the nip of the holly upside down, just incredible. Like, but I, I, I think I think the psychology around it, Dale, I, I've an awful feeling. I think the tip actually thought it was done. And the minute the boys came at him, they just couldn't get their foot back on the pedal. Um, I know that's that's down to Limerick as well, but I, I just definitely thought that Kylie was very, very steady, I must say. Um was I I thought Liam was got consumed into the game as well, like you know, and, and sometimes that happens when you get consumed that there may be some obvious things there that you need to change and you don't see it. And then, next of all, the game is going away from you and you can't you can't get it back. Yeah, it's that fine line though, and I suppose Liam has been more animated this year, I would feel, maybe, than I've seen him. Uh, you know, obviously, his early days are very animated, but, you know, in this period of his management. But, Derek, did that ever, like, happen you? It kind of happened to me a couple of times, and it's a very difficult one. Like, I remember going in, you know, we did kick on and win it, like, but the league final in 11 with, with, with the Dubs and Kilkenny, and um, be in it at half time was nearly our message, be in it, giving ourselves a chance yeah. in the second half. I think we went down the tunnel like seven or eight up and we nearly had to take a step back like and say, hold it here now, lads. This is off our message. So I don't know, we got we send in Hedjo to the dressing room, say, shut up about everything now, think about your performance, shut up. And we stayed outside for a couple of minutes um, and just chatted about, we have to bring a different message in here now. Yeah. Do you know, it's a weird one, isn't it? When you can imagine the tip meeting somewhere around Cork, and they're saying, where, look, they had all their tactics and they were brilliant, but they probably had no idea they'd be ahead 11 and up 10 at the break. Yeah, and look, I'd imagine they were, they were as skeptical about being ahead as they were being behind, to be honest with you. I, I don't think, I actually watched it back this morning. I, 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 granted, Liam was very animated, but I was actually lip reading him this morning and he was actually verbally saying to the boys, job half done, job half done. So I'd imagine any management at that top level are going in and I don't think the message is at half time, you know what I mean? You know, same same again will do us. So I actually think it's the opposite. I'd say, I'd say it's the same situation that you've talked about there where the management will meet and say, listen, we need to drive it again through the roof. Um, that would be my take on it. You know, I think they're, they'd probably be as sceptical about as the lead as they are about being lax in any way. So that, without knowing Liam particularly well, I, I'd imagine that's the message looking at, you know, I think they have to take it on to a new level. And the one interesting thing for me, I got a text after the match last night. It's, it's Limerick's ability to be able to, I don't know what you call it, the posh word on it probably be corrective analysis. They're able to correct things on, on the fly, you know. It's almost like you have to come with something different again on the back of doing something different at the start, if you like, you know, you know, because they seem to be kind of yeah. figuring it out as the game goes along. So what I mean by that, I suppose, is they had the kind of the difficulty of the Dan McCormick picking up Keen Lynch system and, and the long ball. And so a couple of things contributed to that. Dan Morrissey, for all... Gave a physical presence on the edge of the square. And Galan obviously gives you that outlet ball. He's kind of a different scenario, which actually ironically means not long can you hit it in, but you can actually run it through the lines a bit better. And 
Hegarty and Morrissey and, and Lynch came that little bit deeper, which allowed Donahue and, and, and um, Donovan to kind of sit, which allowed Declan Hannon to do his normal job, I suppose, and Dermot Burns to do his normal job where they, they don't mark them in. So getting back to the original question, I suppose, the point I'm making is that if you're in there at half time and it's going well for you, maybe that's the time to change it up. It's not a kind of a time to where you say more of the same, keep it going, this is what we do. It might be the time where you actually go with Callan on his own inside, Jake Morris back out and flooded mm. for about 10 minutes, making messy as possible for 10 minutes. You know, it's like the dilemma, I suppose, to Anthony. I always think of your game against Cork at half, or half time when, you know, when you went we went for a shootout approach in the year to the year, Ryan O'Dwyer was sent off mm. and you changed it up then and you changed it up. Our semi-final in 17 against Cork was the same where you're thinking of changing it on the hoof, on the fly, if you like. And so I, I think that's it's gone to that stage with Limerick where if you're ahead, you nearly... Instead of doing the same thing and keeping keep doing the same thing, you might need to change it up slightly. That goes back to a point TJ made off air in relation to temporary substitutes, possibly with the heat, with the conditions, where you possibly kind of said to yourself, right, will we get a runner in now for 10, 15 minutes? Or will we get some energy in, even if Bubbles is going well, even if someone is going well, do we need energy? And I think that's, that's where it's gone now. You know, they're so good at fixing things, Limerick. And people mightn't like to hear that because... Kylie said afterwards, it was the physical commitment for us, but they did fix things as well, tactically. Yeah, and I, w- I would say to that as well, in my own opinion there, sometimes, you know, a very intelligent bunch of players as well, like, are we given off? Like, of course, this management will be admired universally, but I think these are very clever players as well. Like, I think yeah. they can sense that and they they talk to each other a lot, I'd say as well. I mean, I, I, I think a lot of the stuff you'd see on social media now uh, last night about whatever was said in that Limerick dressing room at halftime, you could yeah. you could fill you could fill halls for the rest of your life with that message. I think that's a load of rot. You know, it's probably back to yeah. Kylie saying we didn't you know we didn't embrace the physical stuff. That's a basic message. Like, mm-hmm. but look, it was a, it was an incredible turnaround. On the Mark, you you made the point like that it probably maybe some of them felt the job done, but. Have they those subs? And Derek was just saying, TJ made the point offline or uh, before we came on. Like, have I, I'm not being critical now because it's a, it's a, it's a, they're still in the All Ireland. They won it two years ago. Yeah. Have they enough? Like, if look at, I'm a casual enough Holland fan, let's say, right? I don't really follow yeah. the Fitzgibbon. I don't really follow the minor or under 21, let's say, right? I follow the senior yeah. championship and I really enjoy it. Do I know Paddy Cadell? Do I know Mark Keogh? Like they made good impacts when they came in. We know how good a player, what pedigree they have, how great underage stars, college stars they ha- have been. But does the fella who's from another county now and just tunes in for the big ones, loves to watch us, sit down on a Sunday, glass of wine, loves the hurling, does he know these guys? Whereas he knows Pat Ryan, he knows David Reedy, he knows yeah. Kyle, uh, he knows... um. Sorry, he knows Dan Morrissey, he knows um, Conor Boylan, and yeah. he certainly knows Aaron Gillan. Coming off the bench. Yeah. Like when you mentioned those fellas now from the Limerick versus the Tipperary. But I suppose at some stage, Anthony, these lads have to be brought in. And it's something we've always mentioned on the pod here, like this. Uh, Liam is very loyal to the older brigade of players that he has, that he's won a couple of All Islands with. So I suppose the big the big concern is that the fact that Tip have won an under-21 and a 20 All-Ireland and probably Jake Morris is the only recognised player that has come in from those two squads. And like they have been won two, year, two years ago, three years ago. Like, like They definitely should be filtering in more players, I think, at this stage. Um, 
like Mark Kyo, I've seen Mark Kyo a good bit with UCC, to be fair. He has plenty of quality. Uh, he got a great, fantastic goal yesterday off his left. Um, I just, I think that t- probably they need, I suppose Liam just needs maybe that confidence to kick on. And it's very hard to discard fellas that have been very, very loyal to you down through the years. But I'd say there must be a big question mark right now why those players aren't um, aren't being brought into the panel or maybe brought into the team more than anything. But then it's hard to question like Bubbles was on fire in the first half last yesterday. Jamie Canlon showed sparks. Jake Morris was very good. I suppose Noel McGrath is the one for Anthony that didn't really ignite yesterday and he's probably got a, a lot of game time, I would say. Um, Paddy Cadell, um, Keane Dillon, another couple of lads. Like, I, I don't know, Anthony, I, I think Liam is fierce, fierce, loyal to his players. And now he's in a backdoor situation. It's pure knockout. And has does he, he stick or twist, Mark? You're really, the manager. Does he stick or yeah, twist? It's a, it's, it's a massive... Like, I think the draw has a bit to do with it as to who they'll actually play in the quarterfinal. Um, I think if he got a, if he got a, we say if Cork would say just for, the, or maybe Clare, either of those two teams, I think he would twist. He won't it. be playing Clare though. Win with the younger mm-hmm. fellas, but I think if he got Galway in a quarter final, can he play Galway? Like, yeah, it'll be a yeah. different story than like you know. I, I, I think Galway yeah, will bring a physical edge to the championship. I think I, look, not saying that they're going to beat Waterford, but I think deep down with Waterford's form, they just haven't brought it forward this year. You'd have to be fencing Galway, so. I think a lot might depend, Anthony, on who their opposition is in the next round as to whether he'll stick or twist. But, like, yeah, if you think, stop the clock think, at half time yesterday, you'll be saying that Liam Sheedy has done a fantastic job. Uh, the, the older players are back to their best. They're flying their Holland Limerick off the field. And, like, as we know, yeah. 35 minutes later, it's completely the opposite. So, who'd want to be it's a pundit at this game? You see, um, Ray Keane's. Um, Road to London, oh. where Gary Neville sat into the back of the car, right? Did you see that? No, and they were talking oh. about uh, yeah, they were talking about they were talking about England and tactically and the manager and everything, a little bit like what we are doing now, analysing the games, right? And Keno said to Gary Neville, "Do you know why you're sitting in the back of the car talking about um, this uh, tactically England setup and all that?" And Gary Neville says, "Why?" He said, because you weren't good enough to manage her. <laughs> so, like, we're, we're all here, like, at halftime, Sheedy. And after the game, we look back on John Kiley's actions and there were calming influence. And it was a calming influence because they won the game. Liam Sheedy's actions are questioned because they lost the game, right? Like, at halftime, it was the perfect performance. And I was even watching the warm-ups yesterday because the heat was unbelievable in, in the park yesterday and like, there's no doubt the two warm-ups were down a gear or possibly two I thought Limerick of the two teams did the lesser but then we'll say for the two or three minutes before throwing Tip gathered under the shade of the stand the Limerick gathered in the middle of the field for that two or three minutes and you would have thought that maybe the Tip just kind of seemed to maybe just get that piece right and they started they were out of the blocks early and then we talk about half-time team talks and again everybody refers to the half-time team talk knowing the results but at the time yesterday real time Sheedy's message could equally have been as good but Limerick just overpowered him in the second half and it didn't do like I'm sure we've all been in dressing rooms like like keep it going keep the scoreboard ticking over that would easily have been the message like get two or three scores win a free take the steam out of it like the, the tip boys would have known full well that Limerick were going to come with everything for that first 10 minutes they would have definitely known that they would have portrayed that message the players would have known it 
But sometimes that momentum, Tip couldn't get their hand on the ball. No, there was a couple of factors as well, like that goal that came, like just Brendan had that ball in his hand and it was just an uncharacteristic mistake from him and that happened. And Even Gillan shot, could he have passed it to Flanagan in the first place? He shot, the, 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 the rebound came straight to Flanagan and that brought him back right into the game. And like, in fairness Maybe to Sheedy... parried it over the bar. Yeah, yeah. No. Like th those things. And Limerick would have needed a goal at some stage in that first quarter. And this, the third quarter resulted in 110 to one point, which you couldn't forecast at halftime, no matter what was said in the dressing room. And you would have thought that Mikey Breen, like Mikey Breen and Kyle Hayes, two of them were straight in front of us, right? And there was a great battle going on there. Breen was checking runs, he was following him, and he was hunting him back. And that seemed to be working fairly well, in fairness to Mikey Breen and Chidi. And then, like, for us Limerick supporters, I suppose, this team is just one to be living in the moment. Just something to be really, really enjoyed. Forget about what's happened in the past or the future. It's just a phenomenal team. And we're probably blessed with... Like with a bunch of players, you said, with just phenomenal ability and intelligence. But looking at it yesterday again, we might just have two players that might be just freaks or completely out of the ordinary. Like what Keane did yesterday, you can't make those, you can't coach those. That's just something that's different, right? And then there's obviously a new tactic, Derek, for everybody now, right? Your goal scorer, you have to play him at number seven, right? Goal, yeah. goal, a goal a game. <laughs> always, always. Always number seven, Delo, yeah. <laughs> right? um, so, like, he's just, like, he's just, a, a, like, a force of nature when he's going forward. He tried it once twice in the first half. It didn't really come off. Tip defended it well. Like, in fairness to James Owens, right, we, we probably ridiculed him and his decision, like, for, for the inside 21-yard line. If Brendan checked him on the 45-yard line or pulled him back, right, uh, would anybody have said at that stage that there was a goal on? You couldn't, like, right? So, like, what happened there, and I'm saying for Limerick fans and Limerick people at the moment, we just have a couple of players that are just out of the ordinary as far as I'm concerned, and possibly once-in-a-lifetime players, I would say. Yeah. Exceptional, just Unbelievable, exceptional. yeah. And, like... Yeah. Gazelle Hayes, I, I, well, I look, I, I've yeah. just been blessed to be with Hayes since he's 16, you know, I'm watching then and God almighty, like the way he's developed and just the, the sheer power of the man, that's, that's the biggest thing, you know, just a no boundaries to what he can do, and I, you know, that kind of way, I, sure I can get a goal maybe from here, getting it, picking it up on his own, where, his own 45, 50 yards roughly, he started to run anyway, so, you know, it's just mm. incredible, but Look, Dilla, yeah, we're, we're, Dilla, we're not before, having a go at Liam, Liam, Liam. Tipperary people are are haunted with look to have Liam Sheedy as their manager. My God, like this twice to no. have him as their manager, and all Ireland's delivered both times. Yeah. So we're not, so we're no. not having a go there. And uh, you know what is it? The great JFK, like victory has a thousand fathers, defeat is an orphan. Like <laughs> do you know, what? <laughs> we're always looking for it. It's, it's, do you know, it is though. And and look at that, we're just poking it out about. Options and this is what the tip fans are saying today. We, you know, who's to say this man won't turn it around? And I think, as to your point, uh, Mark, I think if Clare were to beat Cork, then because Clare have played tip, it will be Clare Dublin. But then if Cork beat Clare, that blows it wide open. I think open draw territory, then we'd be looking at you know, so um, yeah, yeah. now maybe Galway winning then would also because they have played Dublin, you know, that would also maybe uh, predetermine. Yeah. So we don't we won't know until we know the, the two results. You know, two results um, next week, yeah. say something else? I was gonna say, Dillo, how many club managers 
up and down the country are looking at this Ty Kyle Hayes tactic and thinking, who could I put in as an attacking halfback? Because it's definitely going to have an influence of what he's doing and just to power the player. So every manager is going to be looking for this big, powerful runner to attack from deep. Like so, uh, it's just I mean, that much of a factor in the game. It's like a walk alive. If you're good enough, go out and get it. No more about it. If your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound's worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence, you can't get the pound's worth of goods, can you? I've been out there from the word go today. No more about it. I made all the run, that was it. Put the ball over the bar in the back and that's it. No ifs, no buts. There's no sympathy in this game for anybody. There's no sympathy in this game for anyone. No true word. I'm get. I'm I'm glad we beat you the following year. <laughs> no sympathy for anyone. Brilliant. I think he's a hospital Herberstown man. I think Liam Liam knew him well anyway. When we were talking about I the clip. I see a few locals there, but um, I don't know. Dello, I see Declan Hannon has joined a, a very elusive bunch of someone to uh, lift the Monster Trophy on three different occasions, and I was looking at there's only a handful of names on that list, and there was one. Uh, reasonably recognisable one as you your, your, your good self so it's a phenomenal achievement uh, for Limerick first time since the 30s on it as well yeah Chris yeah. Was on it as well yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so to win to win Munster three in a row in the modern era with the difficulty and the competitiveness of it I suppose it is a special team and look the Munster title and it's own is a very just very very prestigious like in my lifetime we were trying to win a Munster Championship game, and now obviously to win three in a row is, is, is phenomenal. For Declan Hannon to captain the team to three in a row, just just incredible achievement. So for us, definitely, it's certainly enjoy the moment. Uh, yeah, and are you, are you to do are you had fair you know? Yeah, so natural, <laughs> na na book, na the book naturally. Book has yeah. gone to a mad price, I think. It's a bad price now, four seven. Like we were probably, I think, even to win the Ireland beforehand, but like. The, the the reality is, Matt, the second half performance being as good as it was, I'm sure the lads will knuckle down. They'll look at that first half, what went wrong. Was it maybe exceptional tip? Was it a bit of poor or limerick? Was it a bit of both? So you probably like won't get away too many days with giving a team a 10, 10 point lead. Like so. Um, but mm. you'd have to be seriously impressed with, with, with the second half. And and the guys that came on to have like Dan Marcy and Galan. You can probably only imagine now for not on semi-final <clears throat> that will create. And I think John laid down the gauntlet straight away after the game with regards to the places on the yeah. panel and, and, and on the team. And I suppose yeah. <clears throat> there was probably eyebrows raised on Friday when Galan wasn't started. And you have to take these boys that what they're looking at over the last number of weeks and maybe Galan's performance the last day. I suppose even to have the kahunas going to go a monster final and to drop your yeah. free taker, your inside forward. Whether that was on merit, whether it was a little bit of a lesson, whether it was a little bit of both, they still did it. And it was a little bit Cody-esque about it, all right, like, and I sent out the right message. When the result goes your way, it's the perfect message. Yeah, It's, it, it's back to that same thing yeah. again, isn't it, Eric? Yeah, it's very true. And I, look, even, you know, you get a kind of picture of the Limerick camp as well. It was Graham Mulcahy's reaction when he was taken off. I thought he was very, you know, very gracious. Like, there was a shaking of the hands right up into the stand. I was watching him. Just watching them after the game, even you know, and this disappointment they're not going well and involved in the celebrations. I just thought, whereas I thought when Bubbles was taken off, there was a bit of a, not, no, you know, kind of a little bit, little bit of a different kind of reaction when, when you know, in terms of the body language. When obviously when you're when you've lost the lead, etc. But I just 
I thought it was kind of a snapshot of that Limerick camp in terms of it was Graham probably who had probably been flying for the last two or three weeks, picked on merit, no doubt, in terms of how Kylie operates. Doesn't go well and acknowledge him to that, even in his body language coming off. There was no kind of strop, there was no throwing at a hurley, there was no histrionics. Now, not that there was from Bubbles, it bubbles either. Bubbles was making a point about, I think, about the space on the field or something was happening anyway. But uh, the point I'm making, I suppose, is you got a kind of a snapshot of the Limerick camp all in, you know, and, and Dan Morrissey and Gillan's, you know, contribution when they came on is is rightly merited, I suppose, on the back of the result. But, uh, you know, they're, 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 they seem to have a lot right in the camp, you know, and a lot right in terms of the, the player mix and, and the management approach. Well, you have to too, Derek, because, yeah. like, I, like you know yourself in situations like when everything's going well and you get the box in the nose, right? Like your default is probably back to your setup and your training, and that came through there in that third quarter. Yeah. Like that, 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 yeah. that, that's what does happen naturally. Like if your setup is questionable or there's something, maybe some little piece not right, then it won't all come together. And we probably all have experienced that, both positive and negative. I would say. Mm-hmm. But TJ, I'd say, and um, we want to and. Acknowledge we were lucky not to get a third, maybe. And I don't ever remember looking in. Now, a couple of the forwards got a bit of a hard time, I'd say, from memory. But I don't ever remember him act, you know, actually dropping one of the real main men. No, I'm not going to name any names. But you can probably think of four or five, six. And we would have a Galan in that category with Limerick, right? And I, and I remember lads going very bad in training now. Not going well. But he still didn't absolute. And Cody was the man that used to do that. Cody was the man that used to say, "Look, nobody, but nobody. No, probably Henry wasn't dropped, but we all know the work rate Shefflin had like that. You probably didn't need to get to that situation. But most of the rest of them spent time sitting down at some stage. And like, that's a massive message going forward for Limerick. It is. And even during the week, any Limerick people I would have met, right, when you were talking about the team for the Munster final, <clears throat> the general opinion was was that Dan would probably start and pick up Shemi Cannon. That was the general feeling, and the rest of the team would more or less stay the same. But then that was presenting like the boys would do not play Richie English or Barry Nash. And to go back to what Derek is saying there, right, is obviously the boys were lightened up in training. And I suppose when you're out of the first 15 and the lads now have full, full control of that, is you need to be playing really much above your station to get the jersey back. And like that just drives training like you don't need to say a whole lot like guys know that now this week coming the next three like if somebody rests this week or next week and maybe takes right off the ball like could the boys not start them absolutely could they, they, the, the message is very clear it's a difficult one they'll all like we've all been on the line and maybe one of our better forwards isn't going well but like you're kind of saying jesus we can't play without him we've all been there so <laughs> I, I I take it from that laugh that you've definitely had that conversation. <laughs> so it is it's it's a powerful position to be in, and to bring on Dan Morrissey and Galan like was was definitely massively influential in the game because even Dan's flicks in the second half to knock the ball away from Canlan, it took the stuffing out of him, it took the stuffing out of the chances, and it definitely shored up that piece there, and the tip got some success on it. Yeah, I, I remember, I, I will not name the game, <laughs> the team, and I let people speculate because it uh, could be anyone, but uh, I remember a fellow selector coming up to me on the line and saying we'd made, made two trend changes at this stage and the other crowd had made four probably, and he said, we'd better make a change, Dela. 
and I, I knew we were down a couple of players anyway with injuries and things. And I, I said, take one look up behind you there into the stand now and tell me which of them is going to make it better. <laughs> I was you know, a great respect from all, but I felt what I was looking out at was better than what I was looking, turning around looking at. But your look, yeah, again, if you win, you made them not making the changes. Like Johnny Callanan, my great old mentor, Clare Castle, used to often say, Jesus, it took us three weeks to pick it. And we changed it in 13 minutes, you know. And, and we ended like, maybe it took us three nights sitting down to pick the team for the county final, and we changed it after 17 minutes. Do you know, yeah, it is yeah, gas, yeah. isn't it? We're so reactive, and we hear something in the crowd. Or we, we, and that's, I suppose, in fairness to Kylie, big, big call, and, we, and the other men, when we have to move it on, or we'll be here for, until uh, about the middle of Tuesday morning. Uh, so, congrats, Limerick, right? Um, the noisy neighbours have won three in a row, so fair play. We can't can't take away from the class. And uh, so, look, lads, um, it's boiling up nicely there in the semi final. And obviously, Daryl, myself, and yourself are lucky enough to be privileged to be in Croker. The heat and all that there was there, but we got a bit of shade for a finish. And uh, we didn't get anything like the Munster final in terms of talking points, in terms of spectacular stuff. Like, and but I'd say, Mister Cody, be happy enough. We got ferocious drama, Derek, like to be sitting there and to be told through a phone call from a source that Lad, there's drama in the Dublin setup and it ain't good news and it's the big C related. To, it, it had a bit of kind of everything with the Owen O'Donnell stuff as well and who'd mark who and, and the James Maher. Sutcliffe completely seeming to backfire from where I was standing and where you were standing, you know, which of the two of us saw it the best. And yet Cody didn't twist, he stuck, and Mar came good in the second half, so it had a fair bit, and I'd say he's happy enough this morning, the big man. Yeah, because I, he's probably more happy even about the, the narrative being, you know, centred on Limerick, you know, and obviously avoiding Limerick now in the semi-final, not that he'd admit that, but, you know, he, um, yeah, look, they did their business, like they did, you know, I think Brendan Cummins said they do what they usually do, you know, little fuss, even when Chris Cummy got the point to make it 9-all, it was a big, you know, the, the Dubs fans were in full voice, next minute, Kilkenny had three points on the board. You know, they just went about their business really, really efficiently, if you like. Um, the ordinariness, and I mean this with the greatest respect, that the likes of Paddy Deegan and, and Hugh Lawl are bring and the prerequisites. You know, as I said about the Kilkenny, the honesty, the sincerity, the in-your-face approach sometimes gets guys, I think, with the quality that they have at their disposal. They're a serious team. You know, sex to the forwards. And Killian Buckley and... Walter Welsh and Richie Hogan named on the bench didn't even come on the last day, so they still have experience on the bench. Albeit, I still think there's a disparity in quality between the Leinster and Munster Championship. Now, can Kilkenny win a one-off semi-final against a Munster team? They can, but I, I, I think a few of the Munster teams are ahead of the pack when it comes to the to the overall championship. That's a debate for another day. But look, hats off to Kilkenny for what they've done, and they love hearing that. Like, and they love three weeks of a build-up where they where people talk about the momentum from that people have in the qualifiers and you know they, they, they'll line it up then for three weeks and 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 be able to maybe perhaps take a team down but look have they found a wing back now for instance that can both man mark and score and james Marr, you know michael carey came on was very good has legs crucially which i felt mm. like any maybe mm. half in that the back and as i said the forward line can hurt any back line you put john donnelly tj reed walter walsh even Alan Murphy coming off the bench was very good the last day. Owen Cody, Adrian Mullen seems to be finding his form. And the Mullen one is particularly interesting because he struggled for lots of the league. Now, not struggled in terms of work rate, but struggled in terms of just 
you know, getting on the ball and, and coming up to the pace. But he seems to be kind of coming to the to, to the pace and coming to the ball at the right time now. But hugely efficient performance, I suppose I call it. Typical Kenny. Yeah, and the, uh, the Sunday game is, is gas like, you know, and the boys that have an idea as well. But you, sometimes you wouldn't know what the other lads' clips would be, you know, what he was doing. And he's terms of, you, you pick a Dublin piece, I pick a Kilkenny piece or whatever, and kind of told to go away and do, do your own thing, really. So, you know, we had done a fair bit ourselves on the, on the live show, which is always kind of onto the Sunday night show. Anyway, Terrell says, how are you doing, Kilkenny? And I says, I'm doing kind of three defensive linchpins. And then, how are you doing, like, so show it to me now? How are you putting in all those Lachlan fellas for Lachlan Gale, Stegan, and tell you, all politics is local, lads. I tell you, the club is the club, and even within the, within the club, the certain part of the club is the club. He won't mind me telling that, like, put in all But you know, I, I think I said it last night, maybe that Deegan is really starting to lead the defense, even though you still have Patrick Walsh there, do you know. Um, but Deegan is really starting to become that kind of a leader in defence that they need, Mark. Actually, he's as, he's as hard as nails. Like when he was, was he clashed into Tilly Chin the last day? Like I mean, yeah. And like Chin Chin stayed down. Your man bounced up like there was nothing wrong with him. And and he's definitely packing two stone lighter than him. Like, but he just buried him. And you know, w- when you're taking a yellow like that, and you're taking out Wexford strong man, I mean, that shows you a bit of what Paddy Deegan is. But the, that's it isn't a surprise to us watching back of how Kikini go about their business. No fuss, no palaver, it lying in the grass all the time. And the more you write them off, the more these fellas keep coming back. But I, like the likes of John Donnelly and Martin Keown, Massey Keown, like their ability to win the ball out of the air and win dirty ball is phenomenal. And like if you give the likes of the own Cody's, and obviously TJ thirty, I don't see thirty four years of age, like. He's like a man possessed at the moment. His his touch, his hurling ability, and his striking is just phenomenal. Um, but like in the overall context, I thought we were robbed of possibly a better Leinster final on Saturday night with the COVID. I was very disappointed we didn't see Ronan Hayes. Kirok Hellhan obviously would be a different at, at the far side of the field, but I was looking forward to Ronan Hayes. And I was also looking forward to the fact that I thought that actually Dublin had a real good chance, Anthony, of putting it up to Kilkenny. And as the course of the game went without the players, the chances that they missed from both freeze and play and poor decision-making like would have had Dublin away closer to Kilkenny. Do I, think, I don't think they'd ever have beaten them, but by God, they would have been an awful lot closer. And then mm. you throw a couple of lads in that didn't start with COVID. Owen O'Donnell, obviously, and we had a long discussion there last week about whether Owen O'Donnell would start or that. And I said to you, like, I felt that he might get the benefit of the doubt to try and get, get his way into a Leinster final. But, like, again, as you can see, like, there's nothing like going into a real match to decide whether a fella's hamstring is up to it or not. So he might have a problem now being back for a fortnight's time. And that was the, that was the issue that we That's discussed last, last week, whether he would play or not. Like, because he now must be a doubt for the, for the quarterfinals. So, but I think. Overall, I was disappointed that Dublin didn't have a full panel of players. Like, like if you, if the roles are reversed, if Kilkenny were down three or four players, would it have made any difference? I, I don't know. But like, hats off to Kilkenny. Um, they haven't gone away. And you know what, lads? If Limerick and Kilkenny get to an All Ireland final, I can tell you this much: Kilkenny will die in their boots against Limerick if they get there. It'll be Revenge it'll be a well done. 
He'd be, that ro- he'd be, be rolling revenge for 73. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? On, <coughs> on that, I was going on to... that, I have the program here in front of me, TJ, right? No, through COVID and, and close contacts, right? The number four for Dublin, Keno Callaghan, right, is taken out. And the number 14, Ronan Hayes, is taken out. Now, you, you just do a quick scan across then to the Kilkenny side. If you took out the number four, it's one Paddy Deegan. And the number 14 is one TJ Reid. Oh, I'm not saying, you know, but there you go. There's And you're saying, Mark, Mark would they cope? And I tell you, Fergal Whiteley and Oshin O'Rourke come on in every game for Dublin. Adding O'Donnell, TJ, Desi asked me last night, how would you cope with hearing that news Sunday morning of a big game? Be the county final, be the Munster final for you, be the Northern Ireland semi-final, this was the Leinster final. You're, you're, put yourself in, 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 um, in Matty's shoes. Matty like, yeah. yeah, in Matty's shoes hearing that news. I can't. I'll give you a quick I'll give you a quick <laughs> and we are about to play Leinster semi-final I think it was, no it was Ireland quarter-final and Connell look he thank God he, he, he lived because he how he wasn't killed with a motorbike in a van and he totally in the right like going to work in Blessington on, on the Saturday morning um, and I got that news about 11 o'clock on the Saturday and we somehow Limerick still beat us but we somehow had our heads right you know, no, we we won it. We beat Limerick the same day. We beat. I think that was the day anyway. Jays lads, I hope I'm not confused the days now. Yeah, I think it was the day Ryan O'Dwyer got the goal. The goal, yeah. And yeah, like at least we the day to kind of. You know, I got to double. I wasn't planning to go up until the Sunday morning. I went way up and met with him, called a meeting, and we went through it because he was so pivotal to us. Um, so to hear that all, and it's the new normal, TJ, and this next couple of weeks ahead, like lads. With the numbers, I tell you, this could be this could be a maker or a breaker down the stretch in this championship. Oh, it's massive, <clears throat> and I would agree with you. Like as a manager, when you're entering into a game like Dublin, where right, you definitely need all the stars to be aligned, and you need everything going your way plus more to try and have a right go at this Kilkenny setup. Um, I said like in in the, in the preview, the Dublin full back line really impressed me the last day, and they were robbed of two of them like after a couple of minutes. I think it was the very first ball. You can nearly see it in the screen from where we were watching that, that, that the hammer was gone again. That's a massive blow. Um, great man markers there. And then Ronan Hayes has been a massive player for Dublin, no doubt about it. He's been as influential to Dublin possibly as TJ Reid has been to Kenny and the entire man leading the line, scoring goals. So, yeah, a huge loss. I like as, as a manager, you just you've no choice but to get on with it. You have to show the brave face, but underneath, you know yourself, it's 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 the swan effect, Della, and you know, we know it well. Everything is nice and peaceful and graceful up top, and you're peddling like fuck underneath. You know what I mean? That's the way it is. <laughs> 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 That's the match. That's the match, I guess. What I was going to, I was going to ask you about two, two, two things, right? First of all, TJ Reid being 34 then, right? Like, we're, we're on about the Cheedy and the Tipperary guys and the age, and then we're talking about how effective and how good TJ Reid's 34 is, and... Look at the miles and the clock with Belly Hale and Kilkenny over a long number of years. So that argument then kind of brings a different side to it. Sheedy is dead right to go with these guys that, that have the ability and that can do it on a, on a given day. That's number one. And number two, is this Kilkenny team, Dillo, from what I'm looking at, I think it is a little bit different. Is there tactical changes? Like last year in the Leinster final, they came unstuck again with poor use of the ball. It looks like their use of the ball is much better. It looks like they're more tactically aware. It looks like they have more pace in the team. Like, 
I see you were, uh, did you care as young fella saying that he was blessed to get his pass off his mother? So he looked really, 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 really quick. Um, and like, there's no doubt, I suppose the younger fellas, what Derek touched on there, like, there's no doubt that like the own Cody's, the Adrian Mullins, Richie Reeds, they look like, from Cody's point of view, they have a little bit more class than what he had over the last couple of years. And that's no disrespect to what he had, but these boys look a little bit better. So is he building something nice again? And I suppose something a little bit different. Is there plenty of pace there? Like, now they've won two Lens titles in a row for an ordinary Kikini team, right? So, yeah. I suppose, if you, could you see them live? Or could you see those little changes, and maybe tactically, that they're different? Oh, yeah, I, I, I like to look at them, I have to say. I, to, to your por- first point, I, I just would say, you are about TJ, and, you know, he's exceptional, and so are the tip lads. The only thing with the tip lads is you've probably Parik, Brendan, Noel... Shamey, Bubbles, all in there, right? So I'd say that's the, it's a third of your team. Now, there might be, I don't know what, I'm not putting 34 on them all, but they're of a certain vintage and a certain team. So, you, you know, you only really have, okay, Richie Hogan's there in the subs, which could be very useful for the end of the year, but there isn't that many uh, making their place, let's say, and being mainstays, like even Colin Finley is gone, as Mark told us about last week. But uh, no, I just think there is there is something happening. I agree with Derek. I think the monster pool is deeper. Obviously, one of the five monster strongholds is going to go next weekend. I declare a cock. Um, but I wonder if the draw had gone a little bit different. I suppose one had to go, you know. But um, I think the pool is deeper. But I do think these fellas can up their game to match anyone. I think Derek's point about maybe can they do it twice would be very, very interesting. Like if they have to produce a massive one to beat a tip or a cork or a clear, let's say, or a Waterford, um, then can they do but, it again to beat uh, a Limerick? But Dela, to be fair now, like I, I think if 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 Kilkenny got any of those three teams there at the moment, I think they'd fancy their chances against any of those three teams, three cock three monster teams, to be honest. Um, so they wouldn't not fancy their chances against anyone, Mark. They'd fancy their I chances. I understand that, yeah, but I, I don't think I don't I don't think they'd have to be flat to the mat now to beat any of those three teams in the All Ireland semi final. I think the big game will be if they'll get to the final. And on any any one off game, Kilkenny or oh, Jesus, I like they're ferocious, like they are ferocious. It would be the final now that I am actually looking forward to, even though I thought like Galway are still open to improvement now. There's no point in saying otherwise. They were shocking um, in, in, in Leinster against Dublin. That, that was totally... Nobody saw that performance coming. So that's why this weekend is a big game for them. Um, but like, and Cork, like, I, I mean, like what Cork did to Limerick compared to what Limerick did to Tipperary yesterday. You have to say Cork banged there at the moment. <laughs> You'll be a brave man to be back in Cork at this moment in time now. You know, you just don't know, like the consistency, the lack of consistency for the last number of years has just been ferocious. I mean, Claire will surely go into the match's favours next weekend. But Dello, key question for you for Kilkenny, right, is do you Mm. think this Kilkenny team is on the way up the curve, I suppose, if they find another piece of improvement? I, I, My feeling looking at them, and I haven't seen them live, is is that they're improving. They're, they're, They're very much heading in the right direction. And I think, Derek, that their curve is definitely on the way up. Yeah, I'd agree. You know, and, and I just make a, make reference to the first point, Re TJ and Sheedy. 
I think Liam Sheedy, if he had better players than the boys, he'd play them. So those are the best players in Tip, and that's the reason he plays them. You know, and, and I don't think it's I don't think it's you know over overly loyal or anything. I think it's they're the best players and they still are and, and, and I, I still think they, they'll have a say yet. I still think Tip are our top three team top in, in the country, you know. So the second point, um regarding Kenny, I do think their trajectory is up. I think they're improving. I've noticed a few things this year and uh, you know, as I said it on Saturday, I, I was sitting behind Cole down the Look, you go to play Ballyhale in a challenge here years ago with De La Salle. You turn up at 11 o'clock. You're there with cones all over the field. Ballyhale are at mass. They come along. They, they basically trapes out in the field. They hammer the life out of you. And they go back. Kilkenny's field is now not the cones are the answer, but they're doing conditioning games. They're, they, they, you know, they're, they're definitely are more up and at it in terms of their preparation, I'd say, in the last year or two. You know, it's noticeable. You know, when you go to it over the years, you kind of say, we don't do cones, we don't do anything like that. The whole field now is littered with cones. Everything is down to a teeth. And the point I made, and I make the same point Saturday, is is I think what's happened is the generational players, Henry Shifflin, Eddie Brennan, Richie Power, etc. Sometimes the players that come through then, on, uh, that are still really good players, are compared unfavourably to the, to the other players. But it doesn't mean that they're actually better. They're not better players than the other players in other counties, if, if you know what I mean. The point I'm trying to make, you know, I made an example. We had a couple of guys involved in colleges level here. They were the stars of our team. They never figured a senior in Kilkenny because, not because they didn't weren't disciplined or anything. They just they were they were swallowed up in the system. Like you know, I have so many players there. And and you, to answer your question, long roundabout way, you have two young hurlers of the year in the last two years in Owen Cody and Adrian Mullen. You have multiple all stars and all Ireland winners in the team, and you also have more pace in the team than they've had over the years. So. Dangerous opposition. And you know what? I met someone. I was, I was in Tremor yesterday morning. De La Salle were doing a bit of a recovery session yesterday morning. And I was in Tremor yesterday morning. The boys were in the water. And what I met, were you I recovering said, from, Derek? They, they, were, they were a bit of a training day. And, and they had a few beers after it on Saturday night. To be honest. Okay. <laughs> you know, the usual crack, I suppose. <laughs> Bonded yeah. session, I suppose. You know, a few beers. But they were having a bit of crack. And um, uh, I met several people. And, and they said to me, Jesus, you wouldn't want to rule out Kilkenny. They're dark horses, and I, I just can't understand if anyone comes considering to be dark horses. Like, and they're in this, they're in the semi-final already. They've, they've walked, not walked through Leinster, but even the language that surrounds them, I think, helps. I don't know how they control that kind of language. I said it Saturday. Even when you meet them in Kilkenny, they say, "I don't know, will we figure this year? I don't know, I'm not sure, will we figure?" And before you know it, then you're, you're, you're on the, you're on the end of a beating on their behalf. Now maybe it's just the, the tribalism or the border here. That I'm listening to it all my life down here. That it's just you know, they 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 have they, the machine just keeps working and they'll clip a couple of all Irelands in the next ten years. You find when you look back in ten years' time, they'll be after winning three or four all Irelands. You watch it. Yeah, like it's beginning to feel like that here in Clare. I'm nearly glad I've gone back to West Clare from Clarecastle because uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm nearer to Kerry now than Limerick. Do you know what I mean? But now, I'll give you one on that, lads. I just I, and they love me for saying this now, or my buddies. I'll have, I'll have Neds or no on Twitter giving it to me later on but uh, I, I just think very lucky to get a draw against Wexford in normal time Wexford beaten by Clare comfortable enough right Dublin were riddled that's, I, I don't know how any team would recover from what Dublin went through in, in the in the five six hours before the game so I, I'm not sure the form lads but what I will say TJ to your point about are they evolving well, look at the subs. Joy Holden doesn't start. Killian Buckley's wearing 21. Connor Fogarty's wearing 22. Walter Walsh is wearing 24. And Richie Hogan's wearing 26. So they are evolving. There's no doubt about that. 
they're all starters of the past. The, like the the, the Massacuan point on, on 51 minutes before the second water break. If you were to pick a piece of play that sums up Cody and Kilkenny, and even the point you made about Limerick about maybe the intelligence around the pitch, right? Is, do you know that sense, right, when the turnover is on and you commit the bodies to that area of the pitch, right? It's just they have this, I don't know, in their DNA, right, is they, they sense that match-changing turnover and they just commit the bodies to it. They absolutely make sure they get the ball. And we had a piece of that again. Three or four fellas right in front of the Hogan stand. James Mara gets a beautiful flick. Paddy Deegan pop pass to um, Massey Keown over the bar. And you can nearly feel Cody kind of nearly... That little spitting in his hand and he rubbing him and he got his head. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that, that's what we're about. Like it's just and it's just you, in the DNA. See, DJ, yeah, and that you see, that is the what makes them so great, right? They mightn't have all these so and Derek, you know all they've won now, and you, you make mm-hmm. great points about the lads that won Carties with E and they didn't really feature for them ever after, like under mm-hmm. twenty one or whatever. Like that's the thing that'll never even Elaine Aylward said it. She said there's loads of good hurlers. That would win skills challenges at home in Kilkenny, but they don't. If you don't match up to the level, and you see, that's why they'll always be there. That's what I think. Um, yeah. I'm not so sure they're they're quite at the level of a Limerick, let's say, maybe even a Galway on a full flown day. Now that's contradicting what happened in the Leinster final last year. But of course, they'll fight to the bitter end and and they dig out the results. Yeah. So never changes, lads, and they're they're. You know, no. they're a joy to behold in lots of ways. The dubs, just yes, just to finish on, on the dubs, lads, I thought I just want to say it, and you know, great soldier of mine for the whole six years I was up there. What a display from Liam Rush. Yeah, very good. Warrior like uh, yeah. excellent. And you have to, to say in fairness, in fairness to McKinney, Mark as well, they're better. Like they, their formation was good. I mean, they won good ball, like they were in a good place there, but maybe maybe it was that the couple of players they had came again them, but um, Rush at centre-back, yeah, three or four times body was in the line, Dale, for sure there, wasn't there? Like, you, you, you love players like him. Huh? Three of them tried to put him out over the end line to knock him back for a 65 at, at one stage, and he held out to three of them and managed to get the hand pass away. Like, And even when they went down 10 points, he was, you know, he was, he was at it, like he was saying, you know, I, I don't know. He's in he's in magnificent shape. They were warming up right behind us, Derek. That was jumped yeah. out of us, didn't it? I just said, take a look at Rush lads and he chased like gone trim and trim in the middle, like and the chest is still like a barrel, like yeah, he's in some nick and, and look the, the axis there with himself and Connor Bork is very effective yeah. there. But he yeah, look, and look, it's it's early in the year, people are contemplating whether he should be full forward, whether he's centre forward. You know, under Pat Gilroy, I think he played full forward from Parnell Park, cost Kilkenny a load of da- damage. And the debate is still there, but you know, if Chris Crombie was maybe in the half back, and so I think he settled on that. And, and Rush has kind of answered that call, if you like, this year and firmly made it his own. But he's, he's and look, you know him better, Anthony, but he's a good fellow as well, you know, just without even knowing body language and. Was really a winner, I suppose, and if you can keep going in those situations, we're eight or nine points down. It's a great sign. Yeah, real leader, and you know, Sutcliffe. I think I think it's a great sign of Matty's management. The way Rush and 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 Sutcliffe or Hurl and Crummy, they're around a long time. Like Chris mm-hmm. Crummy's on that panel since you know thirteen, and they're driving it on. It's that's always a great sign. I think when the older lads are in with a manager, and he's in his third year, and and they're driving it on. And I actually think there's a big kick in them in the quarter final. I think. They'll feel this one got away because not not really their fault, but 
by God, they've one more chance and the COVID thing will be over. And mm. if if O'Donnell makes it, if he didn't do damage, and that would be hopefully what the last message when he was going out in that field was, on, if you feel a thing, put your hand up. So hopefully, Mark, yeah. made that call. Yeah, that's exactly it, Anthony. And and like, you know, if you had your own O'Donnell's and your Keenan O'Callaghan's and your own Hayes in from the start, I think that sends out a very strong message to your, your the rest of the players as well. And they were just a smidgen off, even even without the players on Saturday night. Like Donald Buck missed a couple of uncharacteristic frees and a couple of chances from play. Chris Cummy had a goal opportunity, and there was a, a Kilkenny player came from and like the week previous he'd got the goal, like you know, he was in the right position and he hit the ball wide, like had nothing from it. And it was because it was a real opportunity to get a score, but it just made a lot of poor decisions on the night. And um they will be an awful lot better. I, I, like, when they sit back and analyse the game themselves and their own performance, I think they sh- would be in a, a happier place and it, it, they will be a threat for anybody in the quarterfinal at this stage. Yeah, I think so. And the fitness levels are so high. I think dangerous game. And you could have teams talking about we might get the Dublin side of it. You know, perception and all that. You could have a bit yeah. of that. I think you would have been for a rude awakening. They've been for a rude mm, awakening. Yeah. I do think. Yeah, better than what people give them credit for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, lads, we, we, we two huge qualifiers. Um, Derek, we were sitting in, in um, after watching, well, I got to watch it on the screen down underneath. <clears throat> the lads, they came up with a little telly from somewhere and we got to watch Claire Mixford. It was great. <laughs> enjoyed it. Um, but uh, we were sitting there. He's in again. He is. <laughs> Come here. We were listening. We, we came back out anyway, and then next thing someone said, and we had I had tuned out a little bit, obviously, because of the clear thing and trying to see that over the line in my own bulb. But then news came in, it was level in Nolan Park, like, and we were kind of looking at each other, and I was looking at you going, Jesus. And uh, it was helter-skelter, and I'd go back to the car to get clothes, I think. And... Um, I, I, I got on Radio 1 and running back to the car and the heat, Jesus, the sweat, the sweat levels were not meant it. But, uh, like, it was, it, was, it was a scary enough one for Waterford and, you know, having watched the highlights package last night, an extended one, in fairness, to what they could show last night. Like, people be giving out about the Sunday game, lads, but, like, the amount of stuff they're trying to get in last night, you've no idea, like, there's... There's no time in two hours, like for for the amount, the busiest weekend of the year in GA. Just to try and explain that, I there would be massive room for a Monday night or Tuesday night analysis show, wouldn't there? Ella Carragher and and um, Neville like to, to do that stuff. But but Derek, tis funny. Where's the Waterford farm? Why not? Where are we at? Is Liam in second second year syndrome? I, I went through it in Dublin. I don't know. Uh, yeah, look, a couple of things there, I suppose. And I don't think so. I don't think it's secondary syndrome because a lot of optimism here on the back of the league performances against Tip and Limerick in particular. And even the 25 minutes of the first half against Galway where Waterford actually ripped asunder the Galway defence. So that optimism obviously then, you know, didn't materialise with, with the performance against Clare. And the general feeling was that was flatness. We just, you know, we didn't turn up and, and we couldn't get our game going. And, you know, I think the narrative surrounding that afterwards should have been really how, how how good Clare were set up and how tactically aware they were and blah, blah, blah. So, it, actually, I watched the first half myself on the GA go on the laptop and I had the mobile hotspot on um, outside Croke Park and I was watching the first half and, you know, Waterford had 
12, 13 wides, they were eight points, nine points up. And it, it was one of those games where you could be 20 points up at half time with the due respect, you know. Um, and then they got they got dra- not dragged in because that's unfair on leash. Oh, they, 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 Paddy Purcell actually, you know, won four and was, okay. the, the leash forwards gave the boys a bit of trouble. A couple of things happened. Like Connor Prunty got 70 minutes into the legs, Jamie Barron got 12 minutes into the legs. Um, but there was an unusual, I suppose, structure to the team. Shane Bennett played at seven. And Kevin Moran played at 12. Paddy Corn played in the middle of the field. So there was a, a difference in terms of the setups, in terms of the team. So it was that, that that's the, the, the probably conundrum now for Liam heading into the, the goal and matching that. Did I get enough from the relocation of fellas? You know, Austin was at full forward and Austin scored five points to play at wing back against against them, against Clare, if you look at four points to play. So it, that's where the anomaly lives now, the difficulty. So form and accept. That and except Mark's point he made earlier about Waterford, we're normally at our most dangerous when <laughs> when, when there's kind of a <clears throat> when there's a doubt when there's um, the perception is around uh, around you know God will be a wounded animal etc. And we'll be heading into a game now where God will be hottest to favourites and uh, you know call me the eternal optimist, but I, I fancy it then not based on form, but I fancy it based on Waterford getting a one-off performance right um, against Galway, but albeit with a certain doubt around the form element of it, but knowing the Waterford psyche and knowing the player's psyche, I think they'll fancy it, you know? Yeah, I, I think so too. And I, I think maybe Shane O'Neill might have preferred Clare from that point of view, you know, that he'd, he'd have seen more and he'd have known the kind of the depths that to go to maybe to win. I know we could say at the end of the day, Waterford had to do something similar but Claire, obviously, that was a huge one, build up headwise, everything. Um, Mark, um, a lot of talk in leash that maybe after the Wexford game, I don't know how true it is. You're hearing it, you know. Um, yeah. The players, players had a meeting, went to Cheddar, said, "Look, we want to throw away the the sweeper system, whatever, and we want to push up." Well, whatever system they played against Wexford was was not even there was no sweeper element. It was just passive defending. There was no one. It was 12 lads back and no one going to the ball. Yeah. Obviously, they gave away the ball. And I mean, they've turned. I mean, I know they have a massive one now. The relegation playoff is. um, That's massive. But they turned their season around something savage. Yeah. Like, it's it's phenomenal. Like, I mean, you you couldn't have scripted where Leash are right now three weeks ago. Like, after the Wexford game, everybody said, look, and, and look, I, I had a couple of lads in the fantasy hurling team from Antrim, and I said, I'm guaranteed two more games here. I was, um, I was shocked, to be honest with it, that, 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 that they got, got over Antrim. But I was more even shocked over the weekend that the performance they put in against Waterford, because I would have fancied Waterford would have beaten them by the same score, possibly Wexford than previously. So... It was going. It was all going swimmingly well. I suppose up to halftime, and you're right. I was listening to Kieran O'Connor on the radio, uh, Derek, and I think he was on with Shane Hearn, and they just said, "Look at halftime. Look, if Waterford get a couple of goals, you know, the start of the second half, this game is over." And again, I'm going back to the psychology, the Liam Sheedy thing at halftime. That they were in such a strong position at halftime. Do you actually feel like the game is done? Because this is the second game over the weekend whereby a team that was well down at halftime have come out and given a massive performance. And Limericks, they won. And possibly just leash, like they hit the front in the 60, 65 minutes they were in front. And 
I suppose it was me. Ma- I won't say lack of ability that didn't get him over the line. That would be that would be totally disparaging. It's just maybe the know-how and maybe the Waterford potentially are the better of the two teams that Waterford were able to see it out. But it was a massive scare for Waterford. I- I'd say it'll be very easy to get lads back down to training this week in Waterford, but you'd have to take credit, or Lee should have to take credit from that game um, that they put in a massive, massive shift. But how can you explain, Anthony, their form from three weeks ago to the... And you can say the system and the 12 players behind the ball and all that kind of stuff, but they were very poor in the league as well. So they, they have produced two massive performances against Antrim and, and Waterford that nobody could have seen coming. But like the interesting game now is going to be against Westmead next week, and can they get it back up for three weekends in a row? It's, it's, it's a big ask. Yeah, it'll also be a big ask for Westmead. Obviously, <laughs> they've achieved the primary goal. Like, but, and uh, but they have won, they they won a trophy. And they'll, be bounce, they'll be bouncing oh. into the match next week with a trophy in the bag. Like, yeah, that's true. To get a sauce is the big, the biggest thing <laughs> this week. But, but no, uh, there's good hurlers in leash. I, I think, you know, we always on about can we get another few counties up there with the Carlos, the Antrums. Obviously, even the Kildare, and that was a bit disappointing to see them going down in the in the Joe McDonough. But I think the Leash have the best quality of player, maybe to bridge that gap. Obviously, Offaly will be back, I think. Um, mm. But I think good hurlers and Leash, the, the buy in sometimes doesn't be there. And we saw when Eddie got the buy in, what maybe the potential is there. So I think the gap could be bridged easier by those guys than than a lot of counties. But look. It's a big one Saturday. Cheddar said it last night, I think, in the, when the interview was just shown last night, obviously. But Saturday is huge, he said, for us now because we're, we've retained Leinster Championship status. But unless we get Division 1 hurling next year, we won't be ready for it. And I think that's a, that's a huge, a huge point. And uh, look, we'll we, we, we be interested to see what happens. Obviously, Saturday is going to be huge. Um, Obviously... My focus, I suppose, TJ, and a lot of the hurling focus, I suppose, people did feel that Walver, there was an element that we'd both provincial finals, but we'd nearly a bigger game in Turles in one way. Well, as as um someone, the Kilkenny boys, I think, said it, maybe, I think it might have been even Henry or someone said it, that, that one of these two teams was out, was going to be out. Whoever lost the Munster final or Leinster final wasn't going to be out. So it was a kind yeah. of the first real do or die of the big guns and uh, a big a big day for Brian Lohan. Big day, a big day at the end of the week. I would have felt TJ for Clare Hurling, and we've got 20, 20 games tonight. I'm looking forward to. Unfortunately, you weren't forced to play Cahill or Colin, and Mark Rogers is starting now for, off the bench for our lads. And Keen Galvin is out injured. My club mate, who's another huge loss. So hopefully, but like it was a, a tough week with the minor match and everything, and, and the boys, the boys gave a huge response. Unbelievable, brilliant start. Um, again. Like, I probably have said this already. I don't think Lohan and the boys tactically get enough credit. Uh, they started TK in the middle of the field. Obviously, Davey had a plan for him. They kind of scuppered him early doors. They got the jump. Um, they're getting an awful lot of decisions right. And obviously, we know what happened in the tip game. And like, like who knows what would have happened like that decision. But I, I, I said that Lohan has definitely won the war here, right? Like, last year, they beat them. There was question marks about Wexford. Wexford no excuses this time. I thought tactically Wexford's setup early on here was questionable. And I also just listened to Sunday game last night, heard Davey saying that outside of the 13, first 13 or 14 minutes, he said he felt he controlled the game. 
I like I, I didn't think Wexford controlled the game from their home. I thought Wexford I, I thought Clare managed it well. Yeah, they came under pressure before half time in the start of the second half, but they weathered the storm nicely. They got their lead back. And you'd have to say from Lowen's point of view, massive results. And like we were on about the swan earlier on, like there has to be inside that line somewhere. We were actually talking at home on Saturday, right, when the match was on, right? It was ideal for low one on the day, right? Just to wear the bib, no t-shirts, just the bib. We were kind of pitching the bib on the store bib, right? It was, it was, it was, it was that much of a war, right? And you walk up towards the other dugout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had that sort of a feel of it. And I'd say that he was on fire inside to get one over on David again. Massive result for Claire. Massive result for him. But in fairness to him, like what he's done over the last two years in terms of getting this team going forward, getting them playing. I've said before that they were kind of a, a one-man show with TK. He didn't have his best day, uh, and the rest of them came up trumps. What a start by Cahill Malone, what a game. Uh, so all around, you'd have to say, really, really positive. And a lot to look forward to, and a lot of young fellas in this team, Dillo, and a nice structure. On, and even on the day, I'd probably say even John Conlon didn't even have his best game, and, 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 they, and they still came up trumps. Like, so mm. huge, 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 huge credit due to them. I, I forecast that maybe Davy would have gone up afterwards and given him an old tap. Yeah. I think he would have got. I think he would have got a lot more kudos. I thought the reason my <clears throat> my thinking was behind it was one of the guys was going out. They mightn't get the opportunity to play against each other again. There's probably a squabble or a row in every GA club in the country between characters, and I think that this was an opportunity for the loser to go up. You didn't have to have a conversation just to say, well done, and just leave it at that and move on. It didn't happen. Th th that's where my forecast was coming from. I know Davey has since said that he'd sit down with him, but I think it was an opportunity missed. I think he would have got a lot of kudos for the other shite that he was going on about there, about his week and this, that, and the other. Unfortunately, that's part and parcel of the GA. It's not nice. He knows that, but he plays it masterfully well. He deflected away from Wexford, I thought, beautifully. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's you call it shite. I, 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 you know, I look at, I can't, I want to say this because we hadn't time to talk about it last night anyway. I was asking Desi how were we going there on, on, on his speech, and we haven't time, Dale. That's the reality of two pieces of analysis each and moving on. Um, I, I look at, I suppose we have to talk about it somewhat. I'm completely with Davy in this in terms of online bullying and that sort of stuff. There needs to be legislation for this stuff. I'm completely with the guy on this. Now, I have been critical. Lots of guys have been critical. In my opinion, we massively and quickly need major structural and, and personal change in Clare GA right from the top, right starting at the top. We need it, and we need it immediately. At the end of this year, we'll see out the year now because it's July and our hurlers are going well. But I think I'm going to say that we need that. We need new thinking. We need new personnel. If that's bullying and upsetting people, I'm I'm not bullying anyone as far as I'm concerned. That's just my opinion, and I'm giving my opinion. And I'm as entitled to anyone to give, uh, give my opinion. And Davey told us all that he played more than anyone for clear. And by God, I made my debut with him, and I managed him in his last year that he played. I think he finished up the following year with Tony Considine. So... I'm, I'm going to give that opinion. That's my opinion. I'm nothing against anybody. I've worked with those people. I've played with that man. What a goalkeeper. 
what a leader, what an inspiration. But look, we need change. That's my opinion. We need to look at our structures. I, I, I won't back down on that, and that's my opinion. I do, I do agree with him totally. This online bullying, we need legis legislation. It's come from yeah, every but, sport. Yeah, but time and a place, Dela. I didn't think that, that this was the right time for it. I, I, I thought I defected away from the game. Look, anybody who's been involved in GA, I've fallen out with families myself in Gary's Blaine because of decisions you made in the team. Unfortunately, it's part and parcel of it. I thought to get a chance to throw the hatchet. Even when I was limit manager, I had a fellow here nailing me left, right and centre who wouldn't know the front and repair the from the back. Do you know what I mean? That's just the way it is. Do you know what I mean? But I just thought there was a good opportunity here for, like, like a family kind of falling out with someone who kind of is in the distance because you made a decision. But these are two guys who brought Claire to a level together. You know what I'm saying? There obviously was a good, tight kind of relationship there, fullback yeah. and goalkeeper. You just, just don't like to see it. And we're just, I would have loved to have seen... Davy just tap him at the end of the game and just go away. I, th I thought it would have sent a massive message for him personally and for the wider world. And look, at I, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing myself in to being a Wexford fan, okay? And I'm, after watching my team bowing out to Clare two years in a row, and I'm, I'm listening to this speech that seems to be, you know, fairly rehearsed. Now, maybe you could be, maybe he's such a year put down that it was off the cuff. But like, I'm saying, where has he been thinking all week, like, for my team? And I, I, I wonder about that. Yeah. And, like, and, and maybe he should be wondering why he was leaving Lee Chin and Conor McDonald and Rory O'Connor so far out the field. And a lot of stages, no forward inside the 45-yard line. I mean, some like that was, to me, when you have three forwards like that, you have to keep at least one of them in around the square or somewhere close to the action anyway. Um. I mean, we, we often discuss that sometimes some of these teams get caught up in tactics and which game plan are we using now, but uh, they just looked a small fraction off the pace on, on Saturday, I would have felt. And um, and again, somebody eat like, okay, if Rory O'Connell's goal chance went in and Cahal Malone's didn't go in, there was a six-point swing um, at the start of the game. And to be fair, I suppose, like, Claire did leave one seven to one point at one stage. Like Wexford probably did win the rest of the game, but I, you're right, TJ. I didn't think that they controlled the game. I thought they were always chasing the game, and at no stage did I think they were the better team. I thought Clare were by far the better team on on the day. But yeah, the the speech after the game for me turned into be the Davy speech rather than the Wexford speech, and maybe it's for another day. I mean, anybody you know listening in wants to hear what he felt about the game that has just been played. And not maybe the rigmarole that's going on behind the scenes. And, you know, he, he's been very, very good for GA in terms of, um, you know, bringing something different. But I wouldn't be, a, I, I'm not a fan of his antics. I'll be straight up with you. And I said last week it, it, it would pain me to see Wexford winning because of, of his antics. I don't like his antics. I'll be straight up with you. And, um, I, and I would be 100% behind you, Dalo, in for. Claire's take, it's Claire Hurling we're talking about now, you know, maybe, um, that you do, you do need a change at the top. There's no doubt about it. And anybody who's been there for the decades that Pat has been there for, and, and I know he's done fantastic work for Claire, but this thing moves on. And we've had the discussion that this, the players should be moved. It's not the players need to move Pat Fischold. It's the clubs need to move Pat Fischold. It's the delegates and the clubs in the, and the delegates go in with the club's wishes. 
not the delegates' own personal wishes, because we all know what happens with, with delegates that have been inside for 20 or 30 years inside in any county board. They're very, very loyal to, to, to the secretary. But it's the clubs need to stand up here and give a clear message that there is change required as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, they're the, they're the tickets and tay guys, TJ, are they? <laughs> Eric, getting away from the political side of it, let's look, leave it clear, gone on. I'm delighted. Ten different scores there. Like, I remember, I think Shane sent me a text message, Shane McGrath, and I, I've given him a bit of a doing on here over. <laughs> like he says, like, if anything happens, TK, will you turn up in the championship? Like, so, you know, fellas are beginning to, like, Rory Hayes, man of the match. Connor Cleary, outstanding, I thought, uh, you know, right up. And, uh, you know, uh, Ryan Taylor really beginning to step up into this thing. The two subs, young Rogers, you know, loads. Mm-hmm. Ed McCarthy again. Um, God, Malone, phenomenal. Malone was just, if, if he didn't take a few shot options on, Kyle, <laughs> 1 1 will do now, let it in. Shenny, you know, both. Uh, what, a, what a guy, lads. I've been critical of him three, four years ago. He's been brilliant for the last three years for Clare. Yeah, and I've been openly a big fan of his over the last two years because I, I think when you're in, mm. you're involved in that setup, you have this player that that gives everything you have. Kind of Bill Cooper ish with Cork, you know, has like that fits into that category. Jake fits into the category with Ward for the times, you know, where you have this fellow you know in the camp gives it everything. So yeah, delighted to see him. Yeah, a couple of things there. So even if you look at the setup against Waterford initially with Kelly and Shanahan inside and Ian Galvin coming out the field from the corner, they changed it up for the tip game where you had the three boys inside. Then you have Kelly relocated to the middle of the field the last day against Wexford. You know, we'd be, we'd be marvelling if some other manager was doing was was I- implementing these particular changes, which by Kelly being in the middle of the field, then it kind of almost said to the Aidan McCarthy, to the Ryan Taylors, to the Ian Galvins, to the Shanners, right, step up without Tony now. And and it, it was, you know, the, the catalyst for, for them stepping up is almost Tony's relocation to somewhere else, you know, and I think that helps. It also, interestingly enough, you know, Lone is saying to himself, right, who's likely to take Kelly? Like, Shane Rick, will I discommode? Wexford by Shane Rick having to come to the middle of the field when he's used to being cornerback, you know. So I think there's lots in that to answer your question. Just to go back to the point, just to make my own point on the on the Davy incident, I suppose. TJ's right in terms of the hand, the handshake. Uh, you know what? What I was thinking uh, is, is it possible if he hadn't commented on the clear, clear situation publicly, and then go about his business afterwards? Instead, of, he might might have been saying, "Look, I'm not going to shake hands because every photographer, every journalist in Ireland is looking for this reconciliation in public, right?" So maybe I could do a quietly phone call on, on, on Sunday morning. Listen, whether win or lose, phone call on Sunday morning. Look, Brian, I didn't shake your hands yesterday because I didn't want it to become a big public, you know, um, show, if you like, of, of reconciliation. Let's meet up over the next few days. Nobody need know anything about it, blah, blah, blah. And look, but when any conflict compromises part of a situation on both sides, if your father, right, just put yourself in a situation, if your father was being roundly criticised, maybe even... Criticizing the right or wrong, you're going to hurt. You're you're going to hurt. Like you know, if your flesh and blood is being criticized for anything, no different than my own my poor old late father. You're on the way out of a beat and Tipperary would be hammered us by twenty points in the Munster final at sixteen, and you're on the way out and you're getting hammered. And TJ was through similar situations. Anthony and Mark all, all through similar situations. You're going to hurt, and your flesh and blood will hurt more than anybody. So I can understand the build-up of pain, anguish, hurt. When you see your father being subjected to it. But the point that everyone is trying to make is it's nothing personal. It's actually nothing personal. It's Absolutely it's a, not. it's the need it's the need for a change, it's the need for a difference, which we all have to encounter. And sometimes when you see those things coming, 
you need to you need to kind of negotiate it yourself before they happen before you you know before you get into a situation where you're in the conflict and that's the point i make on that like i know the way journalists operate some of them would have gone after that story straight away tell us about the year you've had and you know they feed into that and it becomes the, the narrative afterwards so i understand the points that you're trying that you, you're trying to make my advice not to dave you would listen to my advice would have been park it say nothing about it praise brian Lowe to the heights for what he's done with clear you know which clear well in the future and the concentration should be on wexford and then in the privacy of your own conversation mm. with brian or or the likes of huge figures in clear you know what can't be discounted is davy's contribution to clear over the years even as a manager and a player and does he have something to offer when the reconciliation process begins to the new clear as well you know, and, and sometimes the healing process can involve people that have been involved in the split. You only have to look at Northern Ireland to see the example of that politically, lads. And was people might think that parallel is different. In many ways, it's the same. But politics of GA is, is 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 as hard to understand as the politics politics of the North at the time. So that that's the answer. In your your question on TK, the pressure is taken off. But the Davy situation, you know, hurt hurt can linger like for any of us, and, and people have a different way of 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 kind mm. of espousing it, I suppose. Yeah, and like I, I concur with everything you said, Darren. We can understand it, and TJ said it even there. Falling out with families, nearly a, a club level. We yeah. all have, we all have. Yeah. You know, and and yeah. um, it is not personal, though. You will feel it personally, but it isn't yeah. personal. Like I mean, I was captain for eight years under Pat, let's say, and you would you do a bit more as captain, let's say, dealing with the secretary who's kind of doing handling things and. And I was manager for three years, and I couldn't, I couldn't have had a better working relationship, you know. But I just feel the time we need fresh, yeah. fresh thinking, fresh voices. That's a, that's my point on it. And I just, I, it's not personal with me anyway. I can yeah. say that hundred percent, hand on heart. We leave it there, lads, because I think the Clare hurlers now want to drive on, and uh, yeah. there's a big half eight there. I set the phone. I, I came home there at half two this morning down the road. The car telling me I was fatigued about three times. How on the Jesus does your car know you're fatigued? Did someone tell me? Was it 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 was Ah oh, no, I better not turn on the telly now. What did I do? Make few notes for the podcast. Jesus might as well fill a glass of red sure. It'll help me nod off. Next thing for you know, it's like it's ten to four. You're still <laughs> sipping the glass of red. Now honestly, no, you're fresh as a daisy, but No, no, it's made. You've the phone. Oh no, I had the notes done because I didn't turn on the telly. And next thing the phone goes at quarter past eight, and you're going, Oh Jesus, I'd sleep for another three or four hours. Eh? What's the story? The draw. Party Glad's radio one comes on like and Larry Larry McCarthy, uh fair play team. Um he pulled it out, marked away. We just wanted it, the two of us, didn't he? Oh, <laughs> clear. The the good old days, huh? Back to the good yeah. old days. No, 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 yeah. Man, give us don't give us the poor mouth now. Give us the take. Come on. I chuck. Look, I think is it TJ? Is it even money or choice? I'd say probably or cock might end up slight favourites. I don't know why, but anyway. I don't know. Um, I, I, I think the history probably is probably cock, is it? Well, well the, re- the reason history is out. Last oh, Robin mentioned it. Yeah. Say again. Bad day. But after 13, cock give clear enough in Munster in particular. Like, do you know what? The cock are unbeaten, I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but didn't they beat him? Up in the the no, yeah. the member <laughs> had to come up 
and, and Limerick did Cork the favour by playing the weekend team against Tip and Clare beat Cork right. above an Innes. Remember the desperate yeah. rain? Yeah. It was a nine, yeah, nine yeah. Team, was it? Yeah, but I think in am I right in saying in championship? Was that a championship match? Yeah, it was championship. Right. Okay. <laughs> like I, I suppose the in, the inconsistencies in Cork is going to be the big issue. And Clare, to be fair, have hauled out of their skins in the three games so far. Take the take the um the James Owens incident out of the tip game now, like for a second. Um like Clare have hauled really, really well for Two and a half games, I suppose. Um, like this is only Cork's second match. It's going to be Clare's fourth game. That's a big help to any team um, going into another championship match. And I know there's a number of injuries and stuff for like that in Cork. That I suppose they they will be expected to come right and stuff for like that. But um, <laughs> I, <laughs> on, I, I would. Um, I'd be very tentative, Dela. I'd be very tentative. And where is that? Like, where is that cockness gone, Marco? Where is it gone? Yeah. Like it was that was kind of rising uh, there for a while, Dela, wasn't it? What are we doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're all weekend above and doing and down like. What are we be winning the whole one? No, we 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 we'll hold our powder dry now for the time being. But um, and there was the whole pile of new players to come into it. Like, what about that one? Teddy Mac won two in a fortnight. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> He's regularly give me that one. Like, you're uh, wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Allen's in 80 years. And Teddy Mac won two in a fortnight, kid. <laughs> I think oh, I, I think I'm going to play this one tentative now. Yeah, you seem to have found a good bit against Limerick, though, in terms of stopping Hagar, stopping Morrissey. You got a lot of things right. Full back line, very good. Yeah, but I suppose the one thing you got you talk about what uh, John Kylie did with Galan over the weekend by dropping him. There would be a strong feeling in Cork that Hoggy should have been withdrawn with 15 minutes ago and Declan Dalton should have been brought on, particularly with the freeze, the way they were going. I mean, Patrick is, is a, Patrick's a very good player now and has been a fantastic player. But And it's probably going back to your point that sometimes there are players that can't be taken off and Patrick is probably one of those fellas. But... Kian Kingston did it four or five years ago where Patrick went through a poor spell as well and he, he dropped him for league matches and he responded in kind and there would be a, there would be a strong feeling that maybe he should have been withdrawn um, in the first round against Limerick. But you're right, we got a lot of things right, but I still think at any stage during the Limerick game, if Cork came anywhere close to Limerick, Limerick would have put the foot in the pedal and went away in one day. Like they, they still won by eight points in the end. Um and it's a bit like a cat in the mouse, like, you know, I'll, I'll leave you go and then I'll drag you back in. Like, so uh, I don't know. That, pff, we are very inconsistent, Anthony. I'd love to tell you that, you know, I can see a big barnstorming performance coming from Cork. But, you know, they just haven't, they haven't done it in, in, a, in a good number. Of, and like in any one-off situation, they're very, very good. But it's trying to get a consistency of performance is the biggest thing. And all we're really looking for is that fellas will go out and play with their hat in their sleeve and, and give it 100% and you know the defence was good the last day um, but like they still they still would be very very much there still is an awful lot of question marks about their performance and you know I think I think Claire will probably um, start a slight favour so I would suspect yeah, I, I, I take you up on the hoggy one there if you want to give him if Kieran wants to make the call for Saturday to leave him off 
Good time. Oh, yeah. well, on that one. It'd be a good time. And look, uh, at, it could really stand you in the coming years, and <laughs> I'd be honest for that, you know. That bird has flown, that opportunity has flown. And I'd say, look, Kian will have spoken to Patrick about his performance, and he will be asking for to double down as the captain of the team now and as the leader of the team. That he would expect, um, you know, an eight or a nine out of ten performance out of him, and you know, look, that's that's the reality. He's a very, very experienced player, and he's been fantastic for Cork. But he just needs to, like, I'm looking at the TJ Reason, I'm looking at the Tony Kellys, I'm looking at the Lee Chins. They're consistent every day. They go out. They're consistent in the performance. Like to think that Patrick didn't score from play the last day is hard to believe. And you know, when I see TJ Reid scoring the penalty on Saturday night when. Um, Aidan Nolan holds the hurley left over right. And what did Reid do? He went to the opposite side. Just couldn't understand Patrick's decision to try and beat uh, Quaid on his hurling side from a penalty. That that just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So, you know, back to basics. Keep it simple and and go about go about winning your game. Keeping it simple, in my in my view, would be would be what I would be advising the players. TJ, it's like the deaf dog, isn't it? This one. It is. It, I, I I think. Two That's things, hard to I call think, it for anyone who's not familiar with the TJ. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's opportunity for all four teams in, in, in these two games. Mm. I think that both winners will have a nice opportunity like facing like Tip, let's say, after the beating they got and possibly a Dublin. Uh, so there's big opportunity for all four teams here. There are question marks for me around Cork, uh, Galway and Waterford. Maybe so less questions about Clare. We kind of know what they're about now. We know, we know the way they'll set up. Cork were very much strategic in their setup. It was very much Limerick focused in what they did. It was kind of it was a it was a a, a game set to counteract Limerick's way. So what do they do now, and can they improve? That's a big big question for Cork. What sort of first fifteen are we looking at? Something similar again? Tactically, their puckouts to a degree worked reasonably well against Limerick. They're not going to face that that Limerick half back line or let's say the Kyle Hayes effect and all that, right? So what, how do they go about their business? There's questions there. Can they answer them? Absolutely. And have they the power? I think they have players. Like winning the under-20s was big. There's a bit of a pep in their step in the young fellas. What does Kieran do now? I think there's questions around that Cork set up this week. Um, it, is, it is a difficult match to call. Where does Lohan apply TK this time around? And as I said, and Derek has touched on it as well, I think Brian and his backroom team tactically have got an awful lot of the decisions right. So where are they going to attack this Cork outfit? Could they play like maybe TK maybe inside in the corner or something and, and, and bomb ball in there? So it is an intriguing game and it is a hard game to call. I will agree with you there. And I would say even the bookies will have this tight. But maybe there's something around this a boy Lohan kind of chant for the summer day law and there's a bit of kind of momentum behind it now and you can nearly even feel kind of people getting behind him and, and driving it. So I would say momentum wise it's with it's with Brian. The question for Cork is what what are they coming with tactically? How are they setting their forwards up? I was impressed enough on the last day against Limerick. I was questioning on fifty five minutes if they had got one or two to freeze, or maybe the Cadigan Pint or one or two others. Could they have really thrown it at Limerick, or what did Limerick have in the locker? And I suppose we're probably going to really only find the answer to that. No, right? They've had a little bit of time off. They got the break with the draw. It's a good opportunity. So I think we'll find out an awful lot about Cork this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And there, it's um, like I suppose after the league or just near the end of the league, maybe maybe people 
kind of took a bit of notice when Clare beat um, Kilkenny. I suppose, you know, that would have been the general kind of perception. And But at the top, before that last round of the league, probably people were saying, Cork, fairly solid league, and Clare had not maybe and maybe perceived weak or division as well of it. Um, but things have changed a good bit. But you know yourself, you, you can only, well, hopefully not now, but it's hard to keep going to the well. And like, whereas I'd say Waterford didn't massively have to go to the well. They did, they, they probably did. Five minutes to go and you're down a pint. You have to dig deep. But overall, Clare had to really build up and, and go to the well to, to beat Wexford. Will it take a bit out? I got the feeling off your Saturday evening, maybe this child might help in actual fact. Yeah, Mike, uh, you know, I could catch up in week three. I think the momentum that they have and and, and the clarity they have in what they're doing, it probably gives them an advantage on Cork. Now, I'm going to contradict that by saying that I think Cork will win. You know? <laughs> but I think Clare have the advantage in terms of just... And, and I'm, going to, I'm going to actually say they'll have an inconsistent, consistent performance. You know, I just think they'll bring one of... You know, I just... You know, I, I think they have to. You know, I think... I'll go back in the Cork situation first. Like, started the league brilliantly against Waterford. Like, really intent, real intent in their play. The second last game against Limerick, when they went down with kind of a... And we've done it ourselves before, like eight or nine kind of new guys, kind of having a look at Limerick all, almost kind of in terms of... And then they started well against Galway and Galway kind of put him to the sword in the second half again. So, if, you know, whereas in retrospect now, and I fucking did it myself in 18 uh, with our approach to the league, Kieran might have been better trying to win every game of the league as uh, in, a, in, his, in as hard a fashion as he could, like trying to get go at, after every game, you know? You know, and, and so... The momentum that Clare have, I don't think they'll be tired. I don't think they'll be, I don't think they'll be kind of, you know, playing on the fact that they've been out three weeks in a row or two weeks in a row. The motivation for Clare against Waterford was was different in that it was kind of Waterford were favourites and Clare were coming in on the back of kind of, you know, there's a bit of acrimony there and behind the scenes, blah, blah, blah. Against Tip, they had the kind of Aidan McCarthy situation to fuel their performance. I think against Wexford, I think behind the scenes, he also had the COVID cases, read the Wexford Clare situation during the, during the, during the league game, and I think that was a bit of fuel there as well. I'm not sure where the fuel comes this week, if you like, for the for the you know for the cause, if you like, if you want of a better word. And I think Cork, I think they nearly have to produce on Saturday. You know, I think they they have to produce something. And you know, if you have Robbie O'Flynn, Shamey Harnady, Shane Kingston, Patrick Horgan, Alan Cadigan, possibly back fifth five. That's five to six forwards. I'm not sure. I'm missing an obvious for young Barrett. I still think there's a forward line there that can cut any defence to ribbons when they when they're on it. And you know, uh, I don't know. You're we're guessing, I suppose. To come back to what Mark said, we're guessing. Clear with the form mm. and with the with the clarity of their thinking. Cork with with doubts and inconsistency, but yet I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with the fact that they're going to produce. Okay. I, no, yeah. and I, like, I, I, I think I see where you're coming from. Yeah. Go on, Marco. But like we, we I, I look, I doubt it clear all, all year long, right? And um but I have to say they are getting a consistency of performance that you know you'd have to say you know that Clare are going to turn up and don't want to be disparaging by saying they weren't going to turn up, but like we've seen it for Cork for, the, for just too long that they, they don't turn up in games, whereas Clare are turning up consistently now. Um, I suppose you look on the Tony Kelly thing. Like, if I think if Tony Kelly goes on the inside, Sean O'Donnell will pick him up, <clears> and if you go up midfield, John Miller could pick him up. So, 
Cork won't have to change their team a whole pile or they won't have to make any major adjustments, I would think. So is there a possibility Tony Kelly could end up centre forward? Um, oh yeah, that's the, the obvious. Day. That's the obvious for me. Uh, uh, to me, I, I that's probably, probably where they're going to play him because they said McCormick won't follow him. Like so, um, and then Cork have got to stick a twist to what are, what are they going to do? Are they going to put John Melrick do a King, what they did against Keane Lynch? So, uh, but like, that's and we've already movie. said it. T- t- yeah, but like what we've already said, like, is it clear or not? No longer a one man band that all the other players are standing up and being counted, and that is great credit down to to Brian and the Clare management and the, and the players. Um, and, and the performances they're getting from the team. So, like I, 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 I look, look. If Cork turn up and play at a hundred percent, right, and get everything right, I think Cork will win the game. But if Cork are any bit off, Clare will win that game. That would be my view. Um, Dello, I was going to ask you and Derek probably more recent times. It definitely happened to me. Is that do you know for Cork's first round of the championship when they put so much energy and effort tactically into the plan to beat Limerick, right? I found that sometimes that the next game suffers because mm. you don't want to put the same kind of work into that. And then there could be a little bit of mixed messaging and there could be a little bit of a difference in the plan. So I think that's important for Cork to get that right. And I think if they get that piece right, like you, you would give them a big chance because there is scores in the forward line. But I think that's a big one for them. Yeah, that is always, and they've had a bit of time that they've no real excuse to the draw. They've had the time, they saw the draw coming out, Clare Wexford, they could sit back and say, well, we'll either be playing, you know, um, who would they, they, they'll be playing Waterford or Clare. You know, they've had that luxury. I don't think they have an excuse on that front. I see where you're coming from, though, being that soldier as well. Yeah, I, I think momentum might carry the day. I'm just hoping that. I, I, I honestly do think if that cock forward line, as you name them there, Derek, if they click into gear, any team is in a bit of bother with them and a serious bother maybe. So I'm just hoping our boys have new confidence. You know, I think if, if I take a guy like Ryan Taylor, did I think Ryan Taylor be on the championship team? Did I know he had the ability to perform at this level? I did. Did I think he'd embrace it and say, I can play into county championship and excel at it? I, did, I wasn't so sure. I think he's he's feeling that now, which is huge. The other one is fascinating as well. The other one is fascinating. I think Waterford always, and Derek, I know this will pay on you a bit, Waterford kind of always fancy themselves a bit against Galway. You know, they haven't delivered. Galway haven't delivered either now from where we had them. It was a major flop like against Dublin. Dublin played well No, I, I'd be giving Dublin more. I, thought, I said it straight out. I thought the attitude was a bit... Uh, like it is, he will blow this crowd out early and we'll, 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 we'll win it and we'll drive on to the Leinster final. And just thought it was off a bit. I'm not blaming anyone, whether a couple of players decided that, whether the management were a bit. I don't know. But I just, there's, there's a good bit more on that Galway team on song. So it is an intriguing one. I mean, both of those teams, there was a possibility they could have met in the Allerton final last year. Like, with, with 10 minutes to go in the Limerick, in the Limerick, uh, Galway semi-final, sure there was every chance they'd meet in the, in the All-Ireland final. So it's final. to meet now in a second-round qualifier is, is massive for both counties. They're saying massive for Cork. I think this is massive for both. Which the only be... time we've lost in, 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 in Championship to Galway is the actual final of 17, yeah? Yeah, we are gas man. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Yeah, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Yeah, so I think... 
general feeling is that it'll be on a Thurlis here as well. And Waterford would, you know, would, would like Thurlis and Galway traditionally going back to the Kilkenny hammer in a few years ago. That gave me a long time ago when Cody was like a lunatic or one of the game. I remember that Galway wouldn't like going Thurlis traditionally, but um, yeah, uh, we'd fancy it. The, and I look to be honest with you, Anthony, I, I wasn't on the Galway buzz as well during the year. You know, I, I looked at the semi final of Galway and Limerick last year, and, and the general narrative was Galway were the closest to him, and that was well borne out in. in in scores, but I think bar the ten minutes of that Limerick Galway semi final, I think Limerick just weren't clinical. Like a huge amount of possession chances just happened. They left them in the game for a lot of the game. Now Galway played well in the league, etc. But I, I don't know. I, I, there's a bit of a you know the first 10-15 minutes against Dublin where they had plenty of possession, went for goal chances, and it smacked a bit of we can turn it on whenever you know we need to. But it also smacked a little bit of me as are they. You know, are they as good as we, as perhaps we think as well? I'm I'm not so, I'm not so sure. Like I'm not so sure, and I, and, and I think Waterford would fancy. It. I think they have a game that can trouble, similar to Dublin. I think Waterford have better players in Dublin, and I think they didn't get their running game going against Clare, right? Because Clare were so good. But I think a game that they play, and if they can implement it right, um, you know, I think Waterford can trouble Galway, and I think Waterford can take Galway. I think Waterford will fancy it on the back of an underperformance. And a lack of form, believe it or not, and that sounds an absolute contradiction. The only thing seeping in the back of my mind is Stephen O'Keefe, the Borka, Porig Manny. You know, it's still it's still in the back of my mind how important Toig is to the team. You know, and I know I, some 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 people think <laughs> I I love the man. You know what I mean? I kind of go on about him the whole time, but I couldn't stress how important he is to the to the Waterford setup in general. Like over the years, over the seven last seven eight years, for what he brings to the others, in terms of the others being able to be out in front of their men around the field, you know, whilst he's the only one that's kind of sitting and going as well at the same time, it's, and, and Sock as well, our own club man was in, the, was in the goal at the weekend, excellent on the goal, right, and Sean O'Brien, and he'll probably go with him now that it's a week later, right, and and go, and, and deserves his chance, etc., not saying for a second that he's not up to it, the point they're making is is the experience of uh, De Bourke, O'Keefe, and Mahoney, when we come against that top three opposition, that's the little lingering doubt, you know. And I think Pardig's role has been kind of, he's almost been forgotten in the narrative, um, regardless of how, how important Pardig Mahoney is to Waterford. Yes, he's not that kind of Jack Pender or, or the Shane Menace. He's not the Caleb Lines. He's not the runner. He's different. He's a fellow that plays on the outside, pops you four from play, gets you three from play, sets up links to play. And he's 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 important to us as well, but... Uh, I just think Waterford will really, it's the, not the draw they wanted because I don't want to give anyone any fuel, but I think it's, I think they'll fancy it, you know. I was going to say, Derek, Tyg, you spoke about Limerick, about that in game tactical change, that intelligence. Like, Tyg definitely brings that to Waterford. He's able to, able to read it on a given day because a game can present different scenarios, and Parik and Saki as well. They bring that to Waterford setup, don't they? And TJ, I honestly saying in the five years, I'd say if I had, Five conversations with Tyg that were around, around to any type of tactics. You know, sometimes people would have this perception that he was just, he controlled it. You talked earlier on about the players being intelligent. You wouldn't actually have to say anything to this fella. You know, you, you just, this fella would kind of figure it out. He'd go forward when he needs to go forward. He sits back, he talks to the fellas around him. But year one or two of Watford, he wouldn't even, you know, he don't, he's quite reserved, don't for it. And, but bring him onto a, a field and the, the buzzword now is game management. And his, his ability to be able to organise the whole defence and those ones that come into the edge of the square when you know a fella's not going to drop it out of his hand. You know those kind of bread and butter kind of balls where, bang, he's just there and he's on it. And he also likes, there's no, he, he likes to tackle too, you know, he's well, he brings everything to it. And 
Look, I'm not lamenting the ability. Ira Daly has serious ability to grow into that position. He's the best of of what's available there in terms of, and Ira is a great hurler in his own regard. And I don't want to bring the tie debate to highlight the fact that Ira is well able, but you have to take into account the loss and the significant loss that this guy is to, to the overall thing when it comes to the to the to the, to the game. Yeah, look, we I think just, we don't really think, know anyone stayed ahead. Siege. I was going to say. Yeah, we nearly. I was thinking about this last night driving down, right? Maybe that's why the car was telling me I was fatigued. We we've less news now than before. We had phones. Was fellas just go for an old pint, or they'd meet after mess, and they'd actually tell each other, "I met a man." You know, he'd tell me a story. Now, what's going on in Galway? It's very hard to hear anything about your own county, isn't it? Isn't it like absolutely? This, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. This, like there's, there's levels of secrecy though that's brought in. But you look at that's the way it's gone. Galway, Mark. We don't, they have to be hurting, like they have to be hurting, don't they? Surely, those surely, guys surely. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, like they, they gave a fierce performance last year. Um, and I'd say if they didn't go as defensive against Limerick, I think they could have they could have beat them in the semi final last year. They only discovered with six or seven minutes ago, this let's throw everything at them and they nearly reeled in Limerick, but. And I thought the league was really strong this year, really, really big scores. And they have discovered a couple of extra, I suppose, Evan Nyland and Brian Concannon for me were, I won't say fines because they've been around for a couple of years, but like they were totally blotted out against Dublin. And Nyland didn't start, which I, I thought was strange as well. So I think the dub, or sorry, the, the Galway first 15 will be the first instinct to me as to what they're, how they're going to approach the game against Waterford. If they'll end up playing Adrian Tui wing back, oh, sorry, wing forward again, right? Then I give Waterford a right chance of winning because they're basically saying we're not going to really go with six forwards. We're going to go with five and maybe play a bit more defensive. If they'll go with six out and out forwards, I think Galway will win the game. For me, <clears throat> Galway is a recovery mission, Anthony. Um, they are definitely not as poor as they played against uh, Dublin. And if they have anything in the locker in terms of being potential All-Ireland contenders, they'll come out with all guns blazing against Waterford on, on Saturday. And I, yeah. I, I, feel, I feel they will. I think they've had the same as Cork now. They've had a couple of weeks to sit back and lick their wounds. Uh, I mean, Cork is slightly different because we're beaten by the All-Ireland champions. Galway's away from being beaten by total outsiders in Dublin who are a good team, but like they would have been expected to, to beat them handy. I think the Galway lads will be getting it in the neck from their own supporters about the performance against Dublin. And again, if there's anything in them to say that they're all Ireland contenders, I think they, they'll win on, on Saturday. Okay, and TJ, um, we're about to set a new record for time, and obviously we were always going to, I suppose, the weekend was in it, and what we have to look forward to, but I think StreamYard runs out, the system we're on after two hours, so TJ, sum it up, and right. call it for me. Right, like Henry VIII said to his wives, they oh, I won't delay you. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the outside the wire is a massive influence in this game, I think. There are huge question marks about the first 15 and the positioning. Does Dahi Burke stay at six? Where does Joe, Joe, Joe Canning play? Kyle Mannion, where does he play? Where does Ozzy play? Where does Shane Bennett play? Where does Patrick Crump play? So I would say both management teams will have an awful week of chopping and changing and looking at each other. The league game will come into focus. And look, 
there's also, and unfortunately I've been here, there's a huge tendency to force things when you've had, let's say, a questionable performance or a performance that maybe you met in the likes, right? So this week, again, will be will be huge there. Um, I think both managements have to nearly abide by, they've trained it, now they got to trust it, and they got to trust their players. they got to pick their team on merit and go for this. There's a great opportunity for the winner here. I think outside the wire, and as Mark said there, the first 15 name from either side here is going to give you a flavour as to who trusts maybe this more, right? And... I just don't know. Like, if you if you ask me, like, I, I I could say maybe I have a little bit of an allegiance to Galway because I spent three years there. They were fierce disappointed. I was talking to a player there. I was talking to plenty of people there. I was talking to Kevin there. Like, they just didn't see that coming. Maybe it was an overlook. Like, you can't say that at the management team. But there was massive hurt and disappointment. They did think and they did believe that they were probably number two. They've taken their eye off the ball. They have a chance to rectify it. Massive game for them. Mm, it's a massive, it's a massive. I find it impossible to call it. I, whoever will show up, I, I just think maybe they might be a little bit more hurt than Galway. Maybe, maybe it's a three-year plan with Liam. and I don't know, it's a huge one. Whoever will win it will be on momentum and we'll have a serious chance of being at the business end. So let's look, we have to say, Derek, we were lucky to be in Crow Park. We won't, um, we won't debate it now for the Joe McDonough final. I think we're both in agreement. It should be the curtain raiser for the All-Ireland final. Um, that's where it needs to be. Huge congratulations to Westmead, two two losing finals and and finally getting the reward. Tough Kerry back to back, tough to take. Um, probably not as good a form as last year, and you know hard luck no. to Fenton and well done to Shane and he and his players and um, great one for them because we were speculating that with Antrim probably going down and probably awfully coming up, that Joe McDonough is going to be a fair animal of a place mm-hmm. to be in next year. So. Huge congratulations to Westmead and hard luck to Kerry. And uh, fantasy-wise, it's uh, doesn't much change. Larry's still on top and Hoagie's still in the bottom. And Landers is slipping down the table. He's come back to us bit by bit. So Pam Mull, Pam Mull, we'll meet and call again shortly. <laughs> Give us a look at the tables there. Like, I think TJ had the hurler on the ditch is off, off the top, is he? He's off the top. I say, I say nothing. I'll, I'll, I'll hold my powder. I'll just say from, oh yeah, Gerald No, it's tight up there. There are some might be a bit of a crisis. Yeah, there, there might be a bit of a crisis, but they're up there on uh, Shane Hassett. The Hass is up top there, eight forty-five, along with Gerald Dowd from Burgess, and the, the hurler is only four points behind them. So, uh, yeah, going well there, lads. Uh, fairness to Mikey Flynn, shout out there. Sure, they're still useless in a piercing. No, I don't mean a piercing. <laughs> well done, Mike. You're in the top seven, and you're only your second in Limerick, I believe. But uh, well done, well done. Um, I see Gary Gilfile there into the top 10 as well, son of the great Tommy Fiekel. Uh, so, yeah, and our own one then, uh, Larry's on top. You better show, show it up there, Larry. Sure, come on. Yeah, fair play to you. Massive score, Larry. Uh, Shane McGrath, huge score, nearly 300. Um, uh, Mark, the worst score of the week. Are, are things beginning to go like normal? Like, I don't oh, know. Landers, if you finish bottom this time around, it's, it's, it's all over. Oh, this is some disaster oh. after a brilliant start. You can't handle oh, that. Man. Oh, man. The only thing I would say personally is, right, I have TK as captain, right? It didn't happen for him this weekend. TK doesn't do two bad ones in a row, right? My shout out is to him. He's going to wreck havoc at his Cork defence the weekend, and I'm going to get double the points. Larry killed me there with Penny Purcell in the middle of the field. Great pick. So I'm I'm chasing, I'm chasing. But along with, we're probably a little halfway. 
I'm second from bottom line. I need these Waterford fellas to deliver, Derek. I need I need yeah, Shane Binner yeah. to go back up corner forward. I need Jamie yeah. to start and get about one three for midfield. And I need my captain, Stephen Binner, to get two two. So there you are, like that's <laughs> Butler Hurley's lads. Shout out, great crowd, always always behind us. And look, lads, almost at the two hours. Huge thanks to Renault, our sponsors, and to all our listeners. That's what a weekend of hurling. What a double header, hopefully, as Mac Landers, who always has the inside track on all things uh, of the coming from Crow Park, actually, not just uh, local. <laughs> just best of luck to all teams. Public. Limerick can sit back um, and relax. And you can see him there. I'd say he might be going for a liquid lunch. You'd never know. The straw hat is back on too old, too slow, too four. Bye, folks. <laughs> With Renault, passion for what drives you. Official car partner of the GAA. A, a, a grain of rice. A, a, a grain of rice. If you want to tip the scale, just remember that. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on. Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping bite of Munster. 